Hey, hey, I'm Zynga. And I'm Scott. And we are The, the Conservative, Conservative couple. couple. Today we have a cool show set up for you. We've got a couple of cool libertarians. I actually met them at a restaurant and um, they're very, very charming. I really like them. And so I said, we got to have them on the show. We had to do it after the wedding. This is the first time we're on the show as Mr. and Mrs. Harris. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. And as uh, we have a special guest in the show today, a special guest from a previous episode that was quite popular, and that's Hussein Hill, the narrative assassin. There's his hello, guys. How's it going? (laughs) I'm back. So this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a guest heavy show. Uh, We are going to be organizing essentially a debate slash discussion with these libertarian folks that were kind enough to join us on the show. So it might get a little heated. It might also be pretty elucidating and interesting. So definitely tune in if you've ever had any questions about the libertarian philosophy what their stance is on major issues of the day, as well as the conservative counterpoints to those issues. And we'll be going back and forth on this. Uh, Hussein and I will be forming Team Longwind over here. Uh, Z says we talk a lot, so that's why I called it that. <laughs> and the, uh, the libertarian folks can come up with their own cool team name. I'm just going to call us shirts. They'll be skins. And we will have at it <laughs> until Z says for me to shut up. So I'm the moderator for this evening's festivities. If anyone goes on too long, I'm going to tell them to wrap it up by saying, put a condom on it because I need to wrap it up. So the first <laughs> guest is uh, Travis Grew. Hi, Travis. Hello. How's it going? I appreciate you having me on. It's going I good. Apologize. Thank you for coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little bit under the weather, so I apologize, but I appreciate you having me on. Thank well, you. You sound good and you look good. So we uh, Well, you. thank you. Appreciate it. Congratulations on getting married. That is really, really cool. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Um, it was a shotgun wedding. Um, it was tra- not. Travis. <laughs> they made me do it. Uh, Travis <laughs> is the the chair of the Wake County Libertarian Party. And tell us more about you really quickly. Yeah, that's correct. I'm the chair of the Libertarian Party of Wake County. And we're running 17 candidates, actually, in, in Wake County. And we meet every Wednesday evening at tobacco road from seven to about nine and uh, we actually next week we have a uh, this week this wednesday the day it's going to air i believe we're, we're having a guest speaker to talk about school choice issues and how important that is to have uh economic uh and educational opportunities that are diverse so um definitely come out if you can Nice, nice. And we also have a friend of uh, Travis's, uh, Patrick Bowersocks. Yep, that's correct. You did not butcher my last name. Very good. Uh, I get called Ninja, so there you go. Um, uh, Patrick is the vice chair of the Wake County Libertarian Party. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, Well, uh, as I said, I'm vice chair of the Wake County Libertarian Party. I am also uh, the interim chair of Outright Libertarians nationally. Outright Libertarians is the LGBTQ outreach group for the Libertarian Party. Um, And I'm also a candidate as well for uh, North Carolina Senate 17. So uh, I've got several hats on, so to speak, but um, it's good. I enjoy it. I'm looking for I'm looking forward to a, a nice, nice discussion today. Yes. Hopefully it doesn't get heated because we ain't about that. Life. Or at least I'm not. I'm the only one that has the least testosterone. We, we are men. If so, it, what happens, happens in yes. the Thunderdome. So, you know, I'm going to try to uh, to keep these men civil because that's part of what women are on the earth for. Um, but let's take it away with the uh, the first topic, which is um, the 
philosophical side of things. So um, one of you guys, Patrick or, or Travis, uh, take it away. Where do you want to start with this? You can go ahead, Patrick. Um, well, I mean, I, I know a lot of a lot of groups, uh, a lot of people tend to uh, lump libertarians and conservatives together on a lot of, on a lot of topics. Um, but I mean, there are there are some slight differences in in philosophy, um, and that that can range on a variety of topics from like Oh, I'm sorry. If you go to uh, social issues, um, but we do have some similarities as well. But um, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll hand it off to Travis and and let him kind of delve into that as well. And Travis and I kind of go back and forth. If you sound if that sounds okay to you, sure, that's great. Yeah, definitely. You're right. There are some similar sounding philosophies, but I just want to start out saying that. Libertarianism is not a form of conservatism. Libertarianism and conservatism have distinct political philosophies with fundamental differences. So I just wanted to clarify that. And he's right. A lot of people try to clump us together and they go, oh, I'm libertarian leaning, but I'm conservative. Well, libertarianism is the simple idea that each individual has rights that no other individual or group may take from them or violate. We don't want a group of imperfect people telling us how to live our lives, who we can marry, what we can consume peacefully, how we can travel freely as peaceful human beings. And we don't require a permission slip from government to buy a gun or to even get married. Um, these are all made up laws um, that politicians have put in place in their cubicles over time. And if you follow the constitution and you believe that you have to ask permission from the government, then you're not paying attention and you're not reading the constitution because the founders at best were menarchists. They did not like government very much. And Unfortunately, uh, I'm going to throw a bomb in the conversation and say that although the founders had great intentions, they really did believe in limited government, limited federal government specifically. It failed. And now we have the most largest, most intrusive uh, federal government of all time. And all it takes is the wrong leader to go really, really south, really, really fast. And um, this is the fault of government. So I'm just going to leave it there. There are some fundamental differences that we're going to get into, especially, especially economically and socially. Mm -hmm. so, um, okay. That's where I'll leave it for now. Patrick, any additions? Um, well, I agree with Travis on, on everything he said. I also, I also am kind of to the notion that if we are to create laws, they have to be clear, concise, black and white, no gray area and apply equally to everybody. Okay. Laws are not to have, laws are not to have gaps where we can have all these special circumstances. Now, I'm not I'm not saying we need to create a law for everything, but if there is a circumstance where we have to create a law, they have to meet those criteria. And if they don't meet those criteria, no, no good. Okay, Hussein. 
Sure. Uh, so am I just, uh, just defining what conservatism or what? I, what is Define it? that ish. Or like, okay, so I guess, I don't know. We'll just, we'll, yeah, so I guess, yeah, I'm a Christian conservative, American nationalist. Um, some might call me a paleo conservative. Some might call me a reactionary, which I am. Um, and so I'd say that uh, our libertarian friends, I do agree with a, a few things they said in, in so much as conservatism and libertarianism are, I would say, vastly different. I think the reason why we see such a association being drawn between libertarians and conservatism conservatives is because the kind of blatant um, Marxist um, element of our society has kind of pushed us into that corner. Uh, so more of the Marxian globalist um, hyper anti-Western identitarians kind of pushed us into that kind of political camp. So we've kind of, we've kind of become, you know, whether we like it or not, <laughs> or something. but uh, yeah, fundamentally, uh, conservatism is not libertarianism because libertarianism is, uh, quite frankly, uh, it's a form of liberalism. It's an iteration of liberalism. Uh, conservatism uh, essentially understands hierarchy, understands uh, it, it acknowledges the human condition, acknowledges the reality of human beings, and it's, it, it seeks to conserve um, a sustainable civilization. Which would include um, that the heritage of that civilization, the identity of that civilization, the lineage of that civilization, the creed of that civilization, um, and and the progeneration of that civilization. So conservatism is, is truly trying to conserve the, the itself. Um, and there was a there was an allusion to the to the constitution why the founders, being minarchists, failed at their at their. Um, or rather their plan failed uh, going forward because of, you know, where we are now. And I would argue that while they were minarchist, as I guess that's one way to conceptualize them, they were also heavily, um, they were, they were, they were very, they were heavily nationalistic. They were heavily protectionist. Um, While not all of them were diehard Christians, they were deists and they had a reverence for a Christian um, theological underpinning to their civilization. Um, They also believed in cultural homogeny. Um, if you look at the the kind of evolution of the immigration acts that occurred in this country, you'll see a stark difference after the 1960s. So um, our the reason why, quote unquote, it failed was not because of the government per se, but because of the fact that the vision and the and the ethos and the identity of the founders has been systematically dismantled. Um, and okay. so I think that's really the, the crux of the situation. So, yeah, so conservatism and libertarianism, while we do have some some overlap and, and there are some situations where I personally am one might say libertarian in some situations, um, the conservative and specifically uh, more the variant of the nationalist is more concerned about doing whatever it takes to to create the best, healthiest society, um, most morally upright society, because in you look at statistics, people who live healthier lives, who abstain from certain vices, live longer lives is just statistically true. Okay. Um, so people, you know, the conservative tries to conserve a healthy um uh, prosperous nation. Put a condom on it. I will. <laughs> um, Scott, any additions? <laughs> uh, my quick sum up of my position as far as being on the conservative side of things is that I am an evangelical Christian. And to me, everything is secondary to God. So if all human beings were to follow the Ten Commandments, all laws, all constitutions would be unnecessary. In my view, the Ten Commandments is the original constitution, and the constitution is a brilliant document that attempted to adapt it to a lost people. Um, Ultimately, when I look at all of these conundrums, whether it's debating about this or that or who is who, I essentially consider myself by everybody's standards a conservatarian. I'm sort of a quasi-hybrid between these two gentlemen and the conservative side of things. So I actually agree with quite a bit of the libertarian platform, except that I disagree on 
three major points, one of them being, say, foreign interventionism and war. So it's on those issues that you often see conservatives diverge. Um, without getting too heady on the subject and essentially wasting too much time, I think that gives everybody a pretty good summation of the two teams in discussion. Okay. So we wanted to talk next about the the fentanyl crisis. And so, um, but correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, we wanted to talk about the conservative solution versus the libertarian solution. No? Yes? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, let's, so the conservatives, uh, y'all start, one of you. One of us. Yes. I'll, I'll go. Since they started the last one. All right, begin. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, the drug war, I mean, this has been a continuous talking point since I can remember. Um, I guess, essentially, and I'm willing to, like, kind of, like, have the participants of this conversation fill in the gaps or whatever. I'm very open to a reasonable reformation of the drug war. I think the, the complete abolition of the drug war is, quite frankly, nonsensical because it doesn't take into account the reality of human nature. So... Um, I do believe that we should look into various governmental or societal infrastructures or programs or um, methodologies uh, where the drug war is less about the incrimination of petty uh, dealers or the incrimination and or incarceration of addicts and more about rehab for the victims of the drug cartels and the drug um, um the drug networks that are that are plaguing our our society our civilization um and more about cracking down on the people that are actually disseminating this poison to the community so i think that priorities need to be changed within the drug war um as opposed to the abolition of the drug war because obviously um to kind of use another thing in our society that's become ubiquitous in our society uh pornography <laughs> pornography essentially ubiquitous in our society and by doing so it has harmed young men more than ever. Um, you're seeing uh, Generation Z and Alpha um, being exposed to pornography at the age of nine years old, and it has significant um, um, uh, significant effects on their their sexual and mental development. So I don't think the issue is trying to abolish the attempts to to fight against um, um, drugs and and exploitation in, in our communities, but more about reprioritizing where we put our efforts in terms of attacking the, the cause and not the symptoms. Um, my position on the subject when it comes to this is that we acknowledge that fentanyl is the primary source of death for people between 18 and 45 currently in the United States, which is absolutely absurd. And in my contention, this is an act of war that's coming out of China. A lot of people don't think of it this way. They don't think of it as an international crisis. They think of it as a domestic crisis. But the reality is, is that this is something that stems from the fact that the Chinese are the people designing the product, the synthetic drug that's designed to get you a thousand times more high than heroin. And then all of these people getting addicted as they funnel it through Mexico is somehow entirely a coincidence? I think not. And if I were in the position of power, say, in the Oval Office, to me, this would be considered a type of issue that I would be dealing with diplomatically. Now, when it comes down to a local level, how do we deal with it as people? How do we deal with it as uh, whether it's constitutional conservatives or libertarians? I honestly believe it should be the same thing. It should be an absolutely zero tolerance policy. Allowing this drug into our borders for whatever reason is completely absurd. Um, I used to work in a jail, and one of the things that they informed us about when I went through the academy, through the sheriff's department, was that you can't even do traditional drug testing anymore. If you pulled somebody over on the side of the road and you believed, based on their testing, that they were under the influence of some substance, normally what you do is you put them in handcuffs, detain them, and then you do a drug test right then and there on the back of your hood, well, or the trunk. Now you can't even do that because anything, even the size of a grain of rice that somehow gets aerosolized or you open up a baggie and you sniff it, you could die on the spot. And so everything has changed in terms of how we do these types of drug tests. 
anything that lethal in that small of a quantity inside the U.S. borders, to me, is an act of war. You made it. You shipped it. You profited from it. No. Unacceptable. So to me, when we think about the terms of like drug war, there, you know, we're always thinking back to like the sound bites of the 90s with the Bush era, where we're thinking about like fighting against the cartels and this, that, or the other. And it's a complex issue that everybody can kind of bicker about. This is the number one cause of death, even in the face of the global pandemic, a war with Ukraine and Russia, and all these other issues that are plaguing humanity, like obesity and whatnot in the West specifically. Fentanyl is still the number one killer. And so for that alone, I think this is something that the meeting of the minds can occur. And I think most people should be able to set aside their differences ideologically to say, like, get this shit out of our country. OK, fair enough. And um, fentanyl is illegal, right? Yeah, last I checked. <laughs> OK, so it's the number one cause of death with drugs and it's illegal. This is why prohibition doesn't work. This is why prohibition didn't work with alcohol. This is why prohibition does not work with drugs. This is why I'm a capitalist, not a crony capitalist, like a lot of these politicians that want to fight this fake war on drugs. If you made all drugs illegal, do you really think someone's going to go to the store and buy fentanyl and kill themselves. Actually, to, to, a, to a certain degree, yes. Uh, actually, I would say absolutely. For example, wouldn't that be? Is the oh, government? Uh, well, for example, I, I like to use. The, I like to use. A, 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 Wait, that's Let's let him say, sure. say it again. Say it again, Travis. Yeah. Say oh, the, is the government's job to protect you from yourself? Yes. It is absolutely. So you have no responsibility. I never, I never said that. For it's, decisions. it's a reciprocity. So, so, so well, Hussein, we got to let him. My yeah. point is, prohibition doesn't work. Fentanyl is illegal. Drugs are illegal, and yet we have cartels. We have the underground market. We have the results of prohibition. If you were able to go to a shop and pick out what types of drugs you want freely just like you can with craft beers beers have gotten better over time because of capitalism because of competition you're some people might like pbr and you know the cheap stuff but that's your choice to go drink that um the same thing goes with drugs and what you consume the government says you can't consume too much saturated fat now they're trying to make menthol cigarettes illegal. So now we're going to criminalize tobacco smokers. So what you guys are basically saying is you want government to control what you consume. And that's a dangerous place to be because it's never going to work. You're telling me that fentanyl is the number one killer for drugs and it's already illegal. So you tell me how you're going to tighten down on it. The way to tighten down on it is to make drugs 100% legal. Does that mean everybody's going to go shoot up heroin? Nope. If I wanted to go do drugs right now, I would. But you know what? I don't do drugs. I don't smoke weed. I drink beer every once in a while. I like, cra I like craft beer. Red Oak is my favorite. But you guys are running on fear. You're afraid 
that if something is available, that the whole world is going to go get freaking fentanyl and kill themselves. That's ridiculous. And it's run out of fear. And this is the difference between conservatism and libertarianism, because you own yourself. You own your decisions. I may not like your decisions, but I'll defend your right to do that. I might not like what you say, but I'll defend your right to say it. Okay. Just because you, you're you scared of it, and just because it's dangerous, doesn't give you the right to legislate morality from your cubicle. It's not allowed. Okay. And it's making things worse. It's created the drug cartels. It's created the black market. And it's created the underground uh, movement of a substance. And it's putting police in bad places. Okay, so so we'll let Hussein go, and then uh, we'll let then we'll let Patrick go. Sure, yeah. So yeah, I mean, to to the to the I guess the overarching argument of that, where 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 the you know where you said that we were coming from a place of fear. No, it's called humility. I think you're coming from a place of arrogance. I think this is the this is the crux of the liberal mentality because liberalism, which is what we're living under now, we're living under the the obvious ramifications of letting unfettered liberalism run our society, Um, and capitalism is a part of that too. It's a it's a it's a progeneration of that too which i think you would agree but you talked about i don't think either neither one of me or scott mentioned at all during our openings that we want to uh engage in hardcore um what's it called uh prohibition um number one number two uh with regards to when a government force or in a government program enforces the law on a more um harsher you will say parameter or level does it have results yes the crime bill People of, and this is a very unpopular thing for Republicans to do when they're trying to go against Biden. But Biden's crime bill worked. Biden's crime bill worked. There was less crime. There was less crime in, the, in those areas. It absolutely. I disagree. Worked. I mean, it's you, war you know, on drugs has done nothing. I, well, I, okay, sure, cool. I'm gonna let me. I'm gonna finish now. Um, but once again, there was less crime. The crime, the crime rates declined during that crime bill. Now we can go into the we can go into the the, the nuances and the the the, the we can go to the minutia and nuances and the the, me, the, me, the mechanics of why specifically <laughs> black Americans were being targeted at that specific time in those specific areas. We can go into that. But on a raw kind of data basis, when that crime bill was enforced, less crime occurred. So that is a fact. That's number one. Number two. The idea, and this really gets to the crux of like the arrogance versus what you what you call the sphere. Um, we understand, we acknowledge human nature, and you said exactly. Well, it's it's in this very reductive philosophy of 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 well, it's legal and it's still happening. Okay, man, murders le- is is illegal and it's still happening. That's nonsense. Um, the idea of this this kind of like '90s rehashed uh, trope of like legislating morality. Every law we have in the books is it comes from a moral moral underpinning of the society that we live in it's based on a morality mostly right now it's based on a secular morality and or a morality based on like capitalism uh, based on uh, goods and services but it's based on a moral standard everything we have in the books is based on a moral standard libel libel laws rape, murder will make throw so yeah that's great the the only the only time that a government, I think, I think we can agree on that. The only time that government is 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 overstating or over or overreaching, rather, is when it's tyrannizing, tyrannizing and marginalizing, marginalizing individuals physically. But telling someone like, "Hey, man, you you don't get, you don't get to kill people." That's not that's not tyranny. It's called order. Telling someone like, "Hey, man, this this no one's people, advocating for hurting people." Sure. Well, well, the dissemination of drugs kills people. It kills young children. It kills young boys. Okay. Um, so so, but I I want to get to the to the heart of the matter in terms of like why this is still happening. You're, you're leaving out, and he was talking about this too, you're leaving out the, the, the reality 
that our government, our current government is an international government. It has ties under under backdoor ties with international governments. You're also looking at the fact that we have a major problem at the southern border, which which would tie into my perspective, which is nationalism. One of the biggest reasons why we have a, a increasing drug problem in this country is because we are letting in waves of, of immigrants from third world countries who are bringing their, their cartels and their drug networks to our country and killing our people. That's also an aspect. So it's not just as simple as saying, well, if you want to do this, you can do this. No, we don't. We as human beings do not exist in a vacuum. We are social creatures. We could develop in communities and families. What we do in our personal lives has a ripple effect with the, with the broader poly. That is a reality. And so I would say, once again, working from a place of understanding the human condition and understanding the actual infrastructure and hierarchy of a nation, well, I think yours is coming, no offense, from a bit of arrogant kind of like in, hyper-individualism, liberalism, secularized philosophy of this this hyper-atomy being, which is, you view, view the human being as more of a commodity than an actual human being. I, I would make I that Because you want to talk about the human condition, but people are doing things exactly because they want to do them. No matter what a law states, no matter what your politician wrote up and it passed through your government, the human condition is they're going to do what they're going to do. Oh, the, are you an anarchist? Cartels out of business. Are you an anarchist? Yes. Okay, then. So you don't believe in a state at all? Well, wait, we can delve into this a little bit more, I think. And I think that's an interesting yeah. position. I want okay. Let's have Patrick yeah. go ahead and his make his statement on the fentanyl crisis. And then we can really just kind of go. Well, I think I think what we, we ignore in this country is we pun, we punish we punish the people who need help. Those are the people who are ultimately getting punished more often than anybody. The people who need help. We need drug dr drug addiction needs to be treated as a public health issue so people can come forward and they're not afraid to go to jail. Agreed. And these and so many people are afraid that, gosh, if I come forward, I'm going to be I'm going to be going to jail. And th that's not right. We need to help people. We Agreed. need to help people, not throw them in cells. And one thing, another statement I'm going to make is tobacco has killed more people and put more health ailments in this country and put more stress on our healthcare system than anything. And it's a completely legal product. You can go to the store and buy it. Now, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. I have no desire to. But if you want the if you if, if you want the choice to smoke, knowing everything that you know about it, and your doctors and everybody telling you it's not good for you, and you still choose to, that's your choice, and you need to live with the consequences of your choice. But I'm not. But making something illegal is not going to solve the problem. Nope, Scott. Well, um, so my stake in this is that essentially I agree with everybody in that it is clearly illegal to possess or to distribute or to manufacture fentanyl. What we seem to disagree on is how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. right? So when you think about this in terms of like us as a polity, I like that word. Thanks for reminding me of that one, Hussein. No problem. Is that we are a republic full of people who have a stake in this. And so one of the issues that I've always had with the libertarian position on drugs or drug crime is that there is often this rhetoric, and I don't know if the two of you would hold this position because you haven't said this today, but that it's a victimless crime. And that's simply untrue. Anytime you have communities involved, if somebody dies, whether it's a father, a son, an uncle, a brother, a mother, a daughter, a prostitute on the street who has no living family, there's always a victim. Right, whether it's just the individual or it's the lives that get destroyed around them, whether it's due to addiction or whether it's due to crime, and then they get it, you know, into a, a kerfuffle with law enforcement. Whatever the case may be, anything involved, and let's say, let's use the prohibition example of the 1920s. 
organized crime reached one of its heydays, largely in part, especially in places like Chicago and Detroit and so forth, as a result of prohibition, because they saw an opportunity for smuggling. And that smuggling operation became so crime ridden and so filthy and so tentacalized and metastasized, metastasized like cancer around our um, government entities. You know, you had police forces that were corrupt and involved and taking their portion of bribes in order to protect these rackets. We understand that prohibition was a bad idea from po policy perspective. But I'm not advocating for prohibition. I'm advocating for all-out war on fentanyl. And what I mean by that is that this is not just a domestic issue. This is not a, if I make it illegal and then I punish people and we run smear campaigns in TV and do stupid ads with half-baked actresses throwing skillets against the wall and saying, this is your brain on drugs. That's not what I'm advocating for. I'm advocating for this as a diplomatic thing. We should be going to China and running their diplomatically and saying, stop sending that stuff to Mexico and sending it into our borders or there's going to be serious problems. We'll start with sanctions and work our way up from there. That's my position. Now, when it comes to how you deal with it domestically, that's an entirely different issue. I do believe that every single person on this planet, even as an evangelical Christian, has a right to their own sin in the sense that they have a right to send themselves to hell. They have a right to refuse the grace and the love of God and refuse heaven. They have a right to refuse order. They have a right to do all of these things. Absolutely. Every person has a right to choose what they do with their body, what they do with their mind, what they do with their soul, but they don't get to avoid the consequences. And as a polity, as a republic, we have to be the enforcers of some of those consequences. If people are in a situation where they have drug addiction problems, we have plenty of resources for them, in large part due to the church, I might add. And, and they're quite effective at it. One of the th great things about the church that Z and I attend is that they actually have a, like a, an award-winning national program that brings people in from states all over the country and turns them straight after serious issues with heroin, meth, and other serious hard drugs. And these are people who have really gotten themselves into the, into the absolute depths of depravity. And so for me, I love the idea of rehabilitation. But what I can't stomach is the idea of a touchy-feely response to something that quite literally kills you if you sniff it. It's, oh, actually, it's just not the same thing. No, nobody's advocating for fentanyl. And a lot of the fentanyl deaths are related to them not even knowing fentanyl is laced in their marijuana or mixed in with their cocaine. Right. They, no. This is where capitalism is such a beautiful thing because how does capitalism has help us avoid fentanyl casualties? You think people are going to do their research on where they're going to people are getting their hands on whatever drugs they can get. OK, legal or not, they're they're going to the wrong places. Why? If a true moonshine was one of the strongest alcohols of all time well, why are people why are people why are people getting their hands on drugs uh you said you said people, why is that what is the catalyst for that they, they it's illegal i mean you're you're having to get it where you can i mean you can't go to harris teeter and buy marijuana sure murder yeah murder's murder's illegal but i mean i would i think we can agree that the, the rates of drug abuse drive the murder teeter and buy marijuana hmm. and it should be readily available anywhere you want just like you should buy bread and milk. Yeah. So um, my, my question to either Travis or Patrick. Are stupid. You guys think people are stupid and they're going to buy bad drugs. They're not going to do that intentionally. Oh, well, I think if you give people a free market um, opportunity and then you have the free market do what it does, which is you create the hamster dam from uh, what, what was that show? You know, the, the, the wire. 
You create your own hamster in there, yeah, say, but on a large scale, right? Uh, Hamsterdam, for those people who haven't seen the show, is essentially one of the cops gets cynical and he decides that the drug problem is is intractable in Baltimore. And so what he does is he sets up like a little street where all the hustlers can sell their drugs without legal oversight, without the cops busting. You shouldn't be involved at all. It's a substance that people freely exchange. What is What is not peaceful about reaching into your pocket Pulling out some money in exchange for goods and services. See, this is why. This is. Wait, hold on, hold on, Scott. Really like to jump in. That's that's a peaceful exchange. Now, if you harm someone, if you steal someone's stuff, if you manipulate someone, if you coerce someone, if you harm someone in any way, those are crimes. Those are actual crimes where there's a victim. But a peaceful exchange of a goods and service between two adults should not be a crime. And okay. I absolutely agree with you. Um, here's my who's, who's saying wanted to speak yeah, I really, first. I, I really I'm saying you go and then. You? Oh, not sure, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, you know, I'm going to kind of. The FDA doesn't agree with you. I'm going to walk, yeah, yeah, well, the FDA is corrupt. Um, so, extremely. Um, yeah, extremely. So I'm going to walk back a few things. I mean, there was mention of cigarettes, a comparison to that. And I think it was, a, I said it's a very funny, I think great thing to bring up. Number one, there's something called scale. To compare the effects of cigarettes to heroin or crack is nonsensical. So it's being called scale. Let's let's bring this into reality. Number one. Number two. Let's talk about so what. So all these people with cancer don't exist. Let's. I never said that. I'm saying to, they compa- the, 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 to compare the the to compare the addiction rates, the overall effect of cigarettes, and the and the ability to quit cigarettes to something like crack is nonsense. They're not comparable. That's number one. Number two. To your point about government. Uh, government-funded intervention to curb cigarettes. There was in the '90s after after uh, that was was the was the big cigarette company. Uh, I mean, Philip Morris. Philip Morris all, of them, all of them were involved. After, after Reynolds, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, after all, after those, after law cases, there were there. I remember growing up. There was night. There were government-funded '90s all the way to the 2000s propaganda to stop people from smoking cigarettes. Well, that's. In, I, in, I mean, in, in, well, hold on, Patrick. Hold on. In 2022. We have substantially dropped in cigarette use. That is a fact. Tobacco use has gone down since like the '90s till now through propaganda, through like truth and all those like anti-tobacco. Because it, it we we basically marginalize the idea of cigarettes being cool. We've done that through propaganda, through culture. Free market does. That's not government. That those. Okay. Are, I just want to say something. Wow. I've been respectful of everybody here, and I've had the least amount of time to talk. That's okay. Fair. So That's Hussein. Fair. Finish your point, and sure. then we'll let Patrick. And then I think Scott had something to say. Sure, sure, sure. We're sure, going sure. in a circle. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, yeah, this is you know, this is this is with the meeting of ideas, right? Um. So yeah, no. At, at the end of the day, I mean, and and there was as I as I mentioned in my opening, I'm all for um rehabilitation. I actually specifically was explicit about how we need to we need to, we need to use our resources to rehabilitate the victims of drug abuse and the victims of drug cartels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I was very explicit about that. Maybe you didn't hear that. Um, and I don't think anyone in this room is anti-capitalist in itself. The capitalism is a tool. It is not a deity to be worshipped. Um, and once again, I think, you know, at the end of the day, and, I, you know, we can keep going with this conversation, but I think at the end of the day, this will kind of get the crux of where we stand philosophically. Um, as you mentioned earlier, as one of the speakers mentioned, he's an anarchist. Um, if you're an anarchist, you don't even believe in the idea of a nation. Like, I believe that, like, my end goal isn't for your, isn't to satiate your subjective view of yourself. It isn't just to satiate whatever will comes to mind. It is what is productive for the greater polity, what is going to have a functioning society. That's what I view my nation as a family. It's an extension of myself. It's an extension. I'm an extension of, of my ancestors, and, and, they're, and they're an extension of their ancestors. This okay. is not, it didn't just stop with me. It doesn't begin with me. So you I think, you know, don't like that. That's fine. Patrick? 
Go ahead, Patrick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I, I just want to say back to the back to the thing. Look at what we've done. We've educated people about the dangers of smoking cigarettes, and people are stopping smoking. So yeah. you know, it may not be the exact way I want to go around it with using the government to do it, but it was a tool, and fewer and fewer people are smoking. Agreed. But look at the cost that it cost this nation for so many years. It's it has a lot to do with 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 the with the fiscal shape we're in as a country right now, with all, with all the healthcare costs we've had to pay for people to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, it's and and. You want to talk? You want to talk about companies that have manipulated products for years? Tobacco companies have been have been adding nicotine and all kinds of substances Agreed. for years Agreed. without 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 anything. Agreed. My my issue with everybody's position on this, regardless of what side we're on, is that I'm not hearing anybody give me an answer. I'm I'm hearing a lot of people staking out what their ideological position is on fentanyl, whether it's there should be a free market solution versus there should I be. I gave you an answer. You just didn't like it. Well, would you would you clarify it for me? Because I maybe I just didn't catch it. drugs. You want to legalize all, all drugs? All drugs. Now, my, the cards. So, 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 then, so then, Scott, what's your solution? My solution: get government out of it. You guys aren't true capitalists. Government is the enemy of capitalism. I never said I was a capitalist. I said I'm not an anti-capitalist. You can. There's nuance in that. Well, in this, in that position. I'm a nationalist, man. I'm a nationalist. You can't dude. rely on government to solve capitalist issues. Well, my contention is, is that when it comes to fentanyl specifically, fentanyl to me is a diplomatic issue. It is a, it is a international issue. It is a war between countries issue. It'd be the same if I were a Chinese national and I saw a bunch of Portuguese people trying to push opium on my people, I would treat it as an act of war. So yeah. that's my position. And the drugs, I, I completely agree. And so I actually believe the military should be involved when it comes to fentanyl. I believe it is the purview of the federal government. So then let them uh, respond to that. Fire away. You can't stop some, something. You can't stop it. You can prevent people from buying bad drugs just like you can prevent them from buying bad alcohol and food by letting there be more choices and options. Like like Travis, for example, can I chime in on something with you? Yeah, so. um, I was going to say that if Travis sells me some bad drugs, I should have the ability to call a lawyer and take Travis to court. And Thanks. he's 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 physically harmed me. That's so, why we have lawyers. So you, you kind of agree with what Scott is saying then? Get the government well, out. Not, except not the government. I, I think I should be able to find an attorney because he's probably just he's selling me a same product. Mexico, the Chinese labs that design fentanyl, who are you going to sue? Who are you going to take to court? There's there's no recourse in the case of fentanyl. That's why I believe that it is a serious issue that the federal government actually has purview over. <laughs> also, too- cocaine, man. I mean, no one, no one's going to purposely – 99% of people are not going to go purposely – Buy something that's going to kill them. I, that's not true. But that's but the but that's exactly <laughs> the point. Is you mentioned before is that the true? with hold a lot on, of other. Hold on, we're talking over each other. Is government going to stop you from doing something? Is government going to stop suicide? No. No, the free market will. Education, just like Patrick was saying, you educate people on the harms of things you don't agree with morally. Like you're going to get into abortion in a minute. It's yes. the same thing. I, I do have a question, a direct question to Travis. I have a direct question. So you said you're an anarchist, correct? 
That is correct. So you don't believe, do you believe in the concept of a nation? I do not like nation building. No, I do not. Okay, so, so no, no. Do you believe in the concept of a nation? Does, do nations exist in your worldview? I believe in territories that people can coexist peacefully. So how do you, how would you actually, so property. how would you like, how would you view, if you could, if you could, if you were the ruler of America, so to, so to speak, how would you structure America? Open borders. Open, okay. So you, you don't, don't taxation so, you don't, so much, and that's the only reason why they keep the borders closed. Say again? You love taxation so much and all the regulations that come along with with becoming a citizen, the three to five years and the thousands of dollars it costs to become an why, why do you why do you think nations exist? Because governments exist. Why do governments exist? Because power and control exists. Why does that exist? Because people have egos. So it's human nature, correct? Is what we're getting yeah, at, right? Human nature. So, so, so just like you tell me and Scott that we can't, cause I don't think Scott and I ever said we're going to abolish the, the concept of drugs. We're trying to mitigate and marginalize drug use. In our to use government to middle it, yeah, to marginalize the, to marginalize and abnormal, a, a, abnormalize rather drug use in our society. So to your well, point, to, to, I have a question for you. If you acknowledge that governments and nations and nation states and the idea of hierarchies are human nature, how are you trying to advocate for a, a, a system that directly contrary to human nature i am trying to give people a choice and promote individual responsibility but anarchy is contrary to human nature correct anarchy is being able to grow your own plants in your own garden without government telling you what you can has there been a successful anarchic society we're going to move on we have to move on and we're getting all off subject i don't think that's have. capitalism you guys are into crony capitalism, which that's not, you want government not to tell that's you. I mean, those, those words are just, they're, they're meaningless. That's not point. true. I actually agree with most of your premises. My only concern is when it comes to fentanyl. Wait, wait, wait. We're talking over each other. I mean, this is this is the internet. This is the internet debate, Zingo. I know, but I said I was not going to do that, and you can't even hear what Patrick because we have a superior microphones. We got to be fair. Yeah. So Patrick, that is true. That is please true. go ahead and why don't we let Patrick give the final point on this issue? I'll give him a quick rebuttal, counterpoint, whatever it is, and then we'll move on to the abortion issue. Everyone in agreement? Agreed. I just want to make sure everyone's heard, so it's fair. That's right. fair. Patrick, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, like I said, uh, I mean, I, I've kind of. This is this is I've, I've kind of I don't have as I don't have as much to add on this su subject as the three of y'all do. I, I think I pretty much my stance has been pretty clear on that one uh, on this issue. Um, like I said, I, I don't. I, it, it's it's a, it's definitely a trick a tricky subject for sure because um, you know it is a problem. We're not gonna I'm not gonna deny that it's not a problem because that that would that would completely. <laughs> But um, like I said, I, I still I still believe that the true the true people who need help need to be need to be getting help. Like the people who the people who are addicts who who want help and want a way out of this need to have a way out of this without being without being feared of being incarcerated or punished. And I mean, and I I think that's the that's the biggest crime in all of this. There are people who need help who want help who are afraid to come forward because they don't want to go to jail. And let me, I'm going to give a real quick summation of my position on this and we'll quickly move to the next topic. I believe that fentanyl is such a danger to this country that it actually borders on something like a military response. I believe that it is a purview of the federal government to deal with something this dangerous. Um, conversely, when it comes to 
the way we deal with this domestically, whether it comes to private citizens or organizations or people with money or good hearts or 51C3s, I think that Patrick's absolutely right. I think they need to create information campaigns. I need to get much information about fentanyl out there as possible, warning signs, et cetera, et cetera, treatment options, quick response, all that sort of stuff, just so that people know. But the, mm-hmm. but here's my final opinion. This is where we diverge. As a person who actually worked around people who were addicted to fentanyl and a variety of other drugs and then committed crimes as a result of those addictions, as well as having drug addicts in my own immediate family who made us victims of their addiction, I have a very different perspective than the average libertarian when it comes to these issues because I see them as social issues that are not victimless. So whether it's fentanyl, which is severe, extremely severe, and personally, I think the entire world should be united in eradicating it, versus, say, something more benign like marijuana, I don't have the same response to those two drugs except in the sense that I think both should receive social censure. Both should be unacceptable to a certain extent. Both should be sort of looked at a little askance. I think that if you want to do marijuana in the you know privacy of your own home, power to you. I don't think it's a good idea, and I certainly wouldn't advocate it for anybody with a developing brain under the age of 22 to 24. Okay. So that's where I stand on those issues. Right. Just don't legislate morality for someone else, and we're good. You act um, like we don't all, have... All laws are based on morality, guys. Well, we can address that perhaps in our next time. I will get into the abortion topic and let's let the libertarian team here kind of take it away with where they stand. I'm the moderator, Scott. Sorry, I'm taking it. Are you? Are you? (laughs) (laughs) We just took over your studio. Hey, that first lesson in marriage. (laughs) Just hijacked your moderation. I'm just going to sit here quietly. We're going to seize that. We're going to seize. Remember, say it. Yes, dear. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> yes, dear. You are correct. So All let's let's money. get into the abortion topic. I'm sorry, and we're gonna let um, since Patrick, do you wanna st- you wanna start off with this? Since yeah, I'll be happy to start. Okay, go ahead. Um, well, abortion personally, on a personal level, I am I am pro life, but however, I I don't think the government has any business in pro life or. Um, or 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 pro choice causes um i do still think that a uh a a, a a woman's right is is between her and her physician and her and her family i don't i don't think it's right for the government to intervene um so personally if you were in my family i would encourage you not to get an abortion but i am not for outlawing abortions legal abortion and I'll pass it on to Travis with that. Thank you, Patrick. And the non-aggression principle being a core value of libertarianism, a core value of what I believe, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff, and the initiation of force against someone, I believe that abortion is a violation of the non-aggression principle. Okay. With that being said, it is still not a good idea to make it illegal because, again, I don't believe in prohibition. If we made it illegal, we're going to need to throw thousands of doctors in prison, millions of women in prison. We already have the most incarcerated country in the world because of our stupid laws. So we, if when we start criminalizing doctors and women, they're going to go to prison for murder. Millions of people. It's not a good idea. It is not a good idea. I believe it's a moral decision 
one that I would never advocate for, one that I would never promote or go picket. And, and I would never want to be involved with having an abortion. It's not, it's not something I support. But like Patrick said, keep the government out of it. This is, I mean, being a, a faith person myself, it's between your family and God. And, and if you go down that road, it's your consequences you'll have to live with for the rest of your life. But criminalizing people and throwing them in jail for murder is a real horrible idea because now you're going to have the black market. People are going to be doing abortions in basements, unsafe, unsanitary. We already have all the equipment and the technology to do it. So do you think it's really going to stop anything? Just like the war on drugs doesn't stop your drugs or fentanyl or, or heroin or cocaine, just like prohibition never stopped alcohol from moving. Prohibition of, of abortion will not stop abortions from happening. It's only mm -hmm. going to make it dangerous. It's only going to make it scary. No, it's only going to make it dirtier, period. Okay. All right. Look, I want to. I want Scott to go. Then Hussein, because Hussein's going to start a fire, and then Scott won't get to talk, That's and Patrick true. won't get to talk. I, I, I was merely. I was merely going to state my position. You're chomping this. at the bit. It's going to be very civil and. Very I love nice. you, but you'll be after me. All right. It's going to be great. Take guys. your turn. So, it's great. So in my case uh, with abortion is that I believe it's murder, and as a person who has been in a relationship where I took a person to a clinic and had the baby aborted, I believe I am guilty of accessory to murder, from a moral position. From a legal position, I view the murder of another individual as a capital crime. I view the secondary manslaughter and all the other variations thereof based on circumstance, aggravating circumstances and so forth and so on should be the purview of the legal system. Ergo, if you kill another human being, especially a defenseless one, you are guilty of a type of manslaughter or murder. And so when it comes to abortion, I absolutely believe it should be the purview of the state. Um, I don't particularly like our state. I don't like the federal government, nor do I like who's leading it currently. But I do believe that on principle, the government should be involved when two people decide to murder one another, and especially when one of them is absolutely defenseless. So while I see the logic that you are presenting when it comes to prohibition, the idea that, well, it's going to happen regardless, therefore we might as well make it well clean and healthy and sanitized, is I believe fundamentally immoral in and of itself. Um, you, you know, it's you can put a bow on a shit, but it's still a shit bow. I mean, honestly, it's like if, if you're going to accept the concept that it's murder, if you're going to accept that it's wrong, then it's wrong, and we should be enforcing against it. We should be criminalizing it. We should be criminalizing the doctors. We look at this situation that happened in uh, Washington D.C., where this well-known abortion clinic is murdering babies in what looks like infanticide, where these kids are like, fully developed outside of the womb, and now they have head wounds, and the entire government won't even investigate the damn thing which is what clearly against the law, even as it stands. And you have the Democrats saying things like abortion up until after birth. I mean, wh where does it stop? It, you know, again, permissiveness, in my view, only leads to more degeneracy. I do not believe in a world where if we just allow all things to happen, the most rational side of human beings will come out and everything will become clean and safe. That's absolutely not what's going to happen. Human history teaches us otherwise. Correct. That when you permiss, when you make bad permissible or evil behavior permissible it devalues human life and it only leads to more death mm -hmm. that's my position on abortion yes i mean obviously my my position is you know identical to his um yeah abortion's murder 
yeah, it's mortar. It should be legal. Um, and, and for me, I it's it's great because I'm seeing the I'm seeing that across the country, people are agreeing with this position. The pro life revolution is here. The pro life re- revolution is, is uh, uprising is occurring. And there's this, you know, there, it was mentioned earlier in this conversation about well, if we uh, if we criminalize it, then there will be back alley abortions. Cool. Because if you're so sick that you want to sacrifice your child for something because it's an inconvenience, I don't care what happens to you. I don't care what happens to you. Because once again, my modus operandi is a preservation of my nation. If you're an individual who is who is so obsessed with your to satiate your own sick uh, inclinations and 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 um, um, uh, what's the word self self serving inclinations that you that you're willing to kill an unborn child or you're willing to do something else that is merely to to satiate your own your own you know desires or vices whatever. Then more power to you. You get what you deserve. I don't care. I don't care. You're murdering an unborn child. Um, you want to talk about the, the thing that kills the most people in this country? It is abortion. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that we should criminalize it. It's already happening slowly across this country. Um, and you know, uh, ideally, what I'd like to see in terms of a policy level, in terms of a policy prescription, would be to uh, on a nationwide level, you know, via the state state, you know proper process but on a nationwide level having a criminalization of all abortion but also having state funded whether it be local or federal state funded programs that actually help single mothers get on their feet actually help single mothers with housing with education if they're struggling with drug addiction because you know unlike the libertarian philosophy the nationalist protection philosophy is we want to demolish or at least we want to not demolish. We want to contend with and marginalize and mitigate the vice and destruction of society while offering some sort of a holistic communitarian solution to people suffering in our society. It's not just as kind of like do what you feel like doing and whatever. Like if that's that's anarchic, that's that's unhuman, and that's that's cruel. So no, I I'm completely about uh, uh, the criminalization of abortion. Um, we should have done this years ago, and it's happening, and then I couldn't be happier. So God bless, really. Yo yo yo, Zinga Johnson here, one half of two Americas, and the pretty half of the conservative couple. Just wanted to give you a quick update on a few things. First, Scott is blowing up on Twitter. Give him a follow and stay up to date on his uh, white supremacy, homophobia, transphobia, chauvinism, and his political analysis. Enjoy. Second, if anything, anything, and I mean anything, happens on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, you can find us on Gitter, Rumble, and Truth Social. Listen, we don't want to be in an echo chamber. We just want a chance to grow. And uh, it's pretty clear that big tech don't want us to grow. So go check us out. And third, if you're looking to support the channel, scan this QR code real quick and check out the link below and give what you can. Patrick, you have a rebuttal? Uh, (laughs) I, well, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, Hussein. I, I don't I don't necessarily uh, completely agree with it, but you're certainly entitled to your opinion. Sure. Um, I mean, I've shared my opinion and, you know, hey, um, I, I don't really have much to add on, on that to- topic. Um, but um, like I said, I agree to disagree and that's OK. And I'll just say it's a sensitive topic that should be. Between you, your doctor, and your God. I feel like this is one of those issues that history is not going to look on us very kindly. Nope. I, I feel like, you know, we we could have had the same exact discussion about slavery and had the same exact tenor and tone. 
like, well, you know, it's something that you and your local municipality should be thinking about. And, you know, if, if you want to keep Samson, uh, you know, your family takes good care of him. That's something that seems reasonable to me. You know what I mean? Like, it has the same vibe to me. I've never quite understood how we could look at something like abortion, Democrat, liberal, libertarian, conservative or otherwise, and not see a human life. Um, and it was well, only where, and it was only when I was married to a libertarian, might I add, that I ever got to a point because I was so addled ideologically that I actually went along with the abortion. You know, it, it's it's one of those things that I can't I can never live that down personally. I have to accept God's grace and forgiveness on this issue. But personally, I can't let my let this go. When it comes to abortion, it's very deeply personal to me. So I'm not going to get all fired brimstone about it. But when it comes to it as a policy perspective, I don't quite understand why people disagree. I mean, if we were to say, I don't know, take Hussein out into the back alley right now and dismember him and just say, like, well, he's financially inconvenient, everybody would flip the F out, right? Yeah. Righteously so. But if I put him inside Z, suddenly it doesn't matter. I do not understand that logic. I don't think anybody on this channel supports and, and advocates for abortion. I mean, coming from all of us, I, I like I said, I believe it's a violation of the non-aggression principle. You're you're aggressive towards another human being. And that that is a fundamental no-no in my book. Government violates the non-aggression principle on multi-levels in your life and we're like a frog in a boiling pot so used to it now travis i actually agree with this but i'd like you to give me a little clarification how far back would you take the nap principle the nap do you, would you take that to the moment of conception like plan b would that be considered nap violation no i don't think condoms are either i think i think it's about to it's about the heartbeat man like the heartbeat uh like 15 to 8 20 20 20 weeks when you can see uh you know the heart developing and beating. I mean, at that point, uh, you have premature babies that are born three, four months early sometimes and live. Okay. So, now, now I actually, I actually think that's a fair position to take. Um, yeah, I, wouldn't, I, mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advocate by the way. I'm not one of those, like you squirt, you hurt. Like I don't yeah, have, I mean, it's, I have I the belief that I'm committing genocide. If I master. No, it's like, it's not, it's, I mean, it's really scientifically, Scientifically, it is a human when the sperm and the egg meet. Yes, right. Scientifically, it is. Yeah. Oh my but God, can yeah, that can, can that can that can that living creature survive on its own? No, no. When I mean, it can I mean, survive I mean, on its own, it's a human. And I find it refreshing, though, that everybody in this room actually finds that viability is not an argument against viability. Yeah, by completely. Okay, good. Because to me, again, a life is a life, right? Like if I took, you know, old Uncle Sanford or whatever, and he's he's got a breathing machine, if I turn that thing off, I'm still killing him. So point of viability is a good way to put it, man. But okay. I just I just don't think throwing millions of people in jail for murder is the answer. Now, here's the, here's the thing. I don't necessarily believe that every single person who has, whether they paid for it because they were the inseminator, as in my case, or if they're the person actually hosting the baby, like Mike's wife, or if there's someone else who, you know, got impregnated through some, you know, liaison or whatever should be in jail. But what I do believe is, is that the industry that profits from it, Planned Parenthood and the various other abortion mills. Defund them. Not only should they be defunded, but I do believe that the people who lead them are so grotesque and ghoulish and vile that they do rank above there with people like Goebbels and they should be in jail. Yeah. Profiteering from human flesh and murder knowingly. Exactly. Is vile. Yeah. A strong libertarian position 
is this, and I think you guys will agree 100%. Tax dollars should not be going to Planned Parenthood or to any other organization that's performing abortions or advocating for them. This should not be a tax-funded thing. So we've been pushing for defunding a lot of things, but de Planned Parenthood is definitely one of them. They should not. I don't want to give one penny to Planned Parenthood. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Looks Sweet. like we all agree on that. There we go. Point of agreement. Yay. Let's hold hands. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> one struggle. Patrick, you have anything to add to that one, or are we all in agreement there, buddy? Um, I'm, I also want to add to Travis. I'm not for I'm not for funding any cause, pro or anti-abortion. True. I don't want anyone going towards any of it. That's that, that's my stance. Yeah. Like, we were, like, we we're doing he, so well just then. I think, I, think, I think. I think. Is he talking about tax money? Yeah, he's talking tax about money. money. I mean, if talking about tax it. money. I'm talking you about your, 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 my personal wallet. I don't want any of it going towards it. All right. Dare I say, can I ask everybody to do something? And again, you don't have to do this. I'm just asking as a favor. Could everybody systematically say abortion is not healthcare on this show and get it recorded for all of posterity? Here, I'll say it. Abortion is not healthcare and our tax money should not go towards funding it. Patrick? Abortion is not healthcare. Absolutely not. It's not. You're saying abortion is not healthcare. It is sacrificing children to Moloch. <laughs> abortion is not healthcare. It is a way for you to disguise the darkness in your own heart and the fact that you want financial convenience more than you want to protect a human life. Amen. All right. Uh, so we're going to go move on to the next topic, and we got to make this one fast because we're at an hour. We've hit the hour mark. Uh, the problem is, is that I threw my notebook because I was mad because you were taking my job, and I can't remember what the next topic. Is. I tried to find justice it. Justice system like, reform, right? Is justice system reform? That was it. System. Uh, criminal justice reform. Criminal right? justice reform. All right. So, um, who started the last one? I think it was. It was, it was We did. So we all. So all right. All right. Um, let me fire off because Hussein talks more than I do, if that's possible. So, um, <laughs> love you, buddy. okay. When it comes to criminal justice as a person who's actually worked in it and also having pretty strong opinions about it, the way I see the system is that we are actually dealing with an under incarceration. <laughs> um, all of the statistics, all the studies show that a lot of the people that are actually in prison right now are tend to be repeat offenders. They're frequent flyers, as we call them. And these are the worst of the worst who tend to commit not just one, not just two, not even five felonies, but dozens. And the reality is, is that they only get caught and punished for a few. And then, of course, the justice system has their back and forth with their lawyers and they negotiate and plea everything down. And this is where you get these fundamental misunderstandings between the public and the actual problem, say, in things like drugs. A lot of people misconstrue the drug problem as an incarceration problem because they think, oh, well, there's all these people just getting picked up for, uh, I don't know, a little baggie of marijuana that they just smoke recreationally. Uh, no, that's not exactly what's happening. What's really happening is, is that most of the people getting pulled in those jails are getting pulled in with like five or six different charges, many of them low-level felonies, and they're pleading down as a result of deals that 
are helping these investigators or these DAs find bigger fish. Nobody's getting pulled in just because they found a baggie of weed. They're getting pulled in because they're also trafficking and they have an illegal firearm and they also punched Pookie in the face last week and there was a warrant out for his arrest. That's your favorite black name. And so when these situations happen, a lot of people are getting this misconstrued idea that the justice system is just basically a funnel for black folks like Hussein and then and Zynga and that they were just making a bunch of money off of their backs by incarcerating them and feeding them cheap food. When reality is, is that most of the people who are actually committing crimes are not getting punished for them, nor are they getting punished hard enough. They're getting pled down to lower offenses and then getting re-released so they can commit more crimes. Mm -hmm. So in my view, what we need is, is a more sophisticated judge, uh, justice system, more jails, more opportunities so that we can put people behind bars, especially the worst of the worst. And especially given the climate and COVID right now, justice system has basically become a giant joke. If you have a governor or anybody running your sheriff's department that is a Democrat or aligned to the Democrat Party, they've pretty much said F you to justice and they're just doing whatever the hell they please. They're just letting people out for any damn well reason. People are people, murderers and assaulters and rapists are being let back on the streets under the flimsiest pretexts like, oh, well, this person has asthma and he might have COVID. Therefore, let's let him back out because we don't want to deal with the health liability. Are you effing kidding me? Like the person should be in a hole, a well-guarded hole, but instead they're back out on the streets and the government just goes... Okay. If anything, we're not doing enough. He's saying. Cool. Yeah, so my, I guess mine is, it's basically Scott's take, but a little more, more macro um, in so much as I'm, I'm down for playing the joints when it comes to reforming, you know, justice, uh, like local justice infrastructures with law, like law enforcement, just as we said, blah, 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 blah. But I think the, 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 the major issue, and we're seeing it more now in 2022, more now than ever, is the justice system is, is particularly kind to people uh, who violate <laughs> social standards um, and those who are of a, and, and are particularly aggressive to those who are of a political, uh, politi uh, political bent or philosophical bend, uh, or who defy their sort of like state social dictum. So what I mean by that, um, and, and Scott alluded to this earlier in his opening on this topic, which is Black Lives Matter, Antifa rioters, uh, drug dealers, people of that nature seem to be kind of going in and out in a revolving door when it comes to our justice system in 2022. However, if you wear, if you don't wear a mask, you get arrested on site. If you don't, if, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing things regardless of how people feel about the January 6th event. Um, we're seeing the people that engage in that event treat a lot differently than the individuals who uh, participate in the almost year long riots for Black Lives Matter over George Floyd, which, you know, a gentleman who OD'd on fentanyl, speaking of fentanyl, OD'd on fentanyl, um, wasn't exactly the nicest guy around you wouldn't want to bring home to your mom and dad. Um, so you're seeing a specific demographic of, of people, types of people who are being allowed to kind of they're. Yeah, they're basically being allowed to go in and out of the jail system as we see as they as they as they choose. Basically, they get arrested uh, for something heinous, uh, murder, destructive property, riotous behavior, etc. Um, but because of some sort of political agenda, because of some sort of like narrative agenda, they are released. Uh, they're giving like lightened sentences. Um, you're even getting to a point now where police officers are afraid to police in um, minority areas because yes. of profiling. Um, but if you don't wear a mask at a restaurant and there's videos of it, you don't wear a mask at a restaurant. It's happening. It's happened to me. I've gotten kicked out. You don't wear a mask at a restaurant. They'll call the cops on you. You, 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 you say, I've actually had situations where if you say, if you have the wrong debates with people at bars, they will call the police on you. Like the bartenders will actually call the police on you. And in their defense, <laughs> you're quite aggressive. Uh, in my defense, I'm quite right. Quite I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry that, I'm sorry that I'm correct. I'm sorry that I'm correct. 
I'm sorry that I'm correct. And that's, you know, it's, it's hard to be correct about everything, but um, at, at the end of the day, no, um, you know, unironically though, um, I think that's the issue. I think the issue is less about the mechanisms. Cause I do believe that there is, there is on a micro level when it comes to like certain state uh, infrastructures of law enforcement, you can argue that there is corruption or there's, you know, there's flaws, et cetera. I'm down for all those kind of conversations. I do believe that we should have a rehabilitative, we should have, we should have a rehabilitative system as opposed to an, a punitive one per se. But I do think that it starts with the cultural standards that we are enforcing upon the population. I think they're very uneven. Okay. Travis. I appreciate it. I, I believe we have an over incarcerated problem. Once you have a felony, you're in a bad cycle. You can't get a job. Uh, no one will hire you. There are a few companies around the country that will hire people with a felony. I believe we should pardon all victimless crimes. And that is basically going after the war on drugs when two consenting adults exchange and a goods or a service. That's not a crime. Um, I believe the actual crimes would be involved with threat, theft and fraud and coercion and manipulation and anywhere there's a victim. Um, that's all types of theft, identity theft, all of it. Those are crimes. Those are, those are things that you should be uh, put in a cage for. You should not be put in a cage for consuming something or selling something that's not that's not violent and so i i really truly believe the bell bond system is a huge ginormous profiting corrupt system if you don't have enough money to afford the attorneys you just get stuck in the cycle you get stuck in the system you get the runaround, you get out, you can't get a job, you're stuck in, in, in a place where maybe you actually have to sell drugs and then you get caught again, you get thrown in jail again, and then it becomes a system of violence and a system of, of just of a really bad lifestyle. So incarcerating more Americans is stupid. It's a horrible idea. We need to be releasing victimless crimes, victim vi criminals that haven't hurt anyone. And we need to redo some of these laws. I want to defund bad policies. Uh, some people are like, you want to defund the police? No, I want to defund bad politicians and defund bad policies that are putting people in jail and in cages for 15 years for having a couple pounds of marijuana on them. 15 years while they're letting somebody out who murdered someone in three years, there's a problem. There is a, there is a huge problem when you can get out in three years for murder, but you're in for 15 for marijuana. That's not right. So my take is pardon all victimless crimes and uh, put them to work, let them get a job, expunge their record, then if they hurt someone, steal their stuff, commit fraud, commit force of any type or hurt anyone, put them in a cage. That's different. That's a, that's harming someone. But making up a law because you don't like some, something is a dictatorship. And it's not capitalism. Mm. So that's all I have to say. Mm. Patrick. 
And uh, I mean, to me, going into the uh, cash bail system, it's it, it's it's very slanted against people. And I'm, I'm going to go into just people. It's the haves versus the have nots. If you got money, you got a chance. If you don't have a lot of money and I would I would even say if you're middle class or below and you get charged with a crime, even if you didn't do it, you're already going into it at a disadvantage. Because you can, because who who can afford the legal fees, all all the court fees, everything when that's added up? I mean, we we have to make the system. I thought I thought it was innocent until proven guilty. I thought you'd have to prove guilt, but apparently, if you got money, you can you can you can prove you can prove whatever you want. Okay. okay. Um, I guess I'll offer the first um, counterpoint to all of this. So one of the issues that I see is that when I worked in processing in the Wake County Jail, um, I actually was the one who handled the, the bail paperwork. And what I noticed was is that the vast majority of the people who got anything under a certain number weren't even paying the mandatory minimums in order to get that bail processed. So these bail workers were essentially letting people out for 75 bucks. You know, $1,000. 75 bucks, pay me back the rest later. And so a lot of people were getting revolving door through this place for repeat offenses, I might add, not necessarily murder, but lots of repeat offenses. These are criminally oriented folks who do not mind breaking the law or being repeat DUI drivers, for instance, which is not a victimless crime. The consumption of alcohol is something that I quite enjoy. The consumption of alcohol while driving and then hitting people is quite a problem. And so should we or should we not have a solution to that? So one of the issues that I always find when it comes to uh, the libertarian position on justice reform is that you guys have very good points that I think are accurate when it comes to the divide between, say, the quality of defense for someone who can afford a good lawyer and someone who cannot. I think that's that's not something you can argue. It's clearly obvious on its face that that's true. However, what I don't hear is a tangible solution. You'll say you want to have uh, a justice system where people get locked in a cage. Well, who's manning the cage? I mean, you, meant, you, you said you're an anarchist. Who, who mans the cage? I mean, in that system, private. you can have you can privatize anything. Sure. The Stefan Molyneux position where it's sort of like a private firm that runs on what? Like private court system, private alcohol distributions, private. You, you, the private sector should run everything. Government is the enemy of the private sector. Is it not? Well, I would say that the two actually work in concert quite well under current capitalism. I don't That's think it works quite well at all. Well, what I'm saying is, is that the two feed one another. So I think it's the intervention of government into capitalism that causes the problem in the first place. That's where you and I are in agreement. When it comes to justice, however, the people who guard the whole need to be moral individuals that we can all trust. How are we going to trust mercenaries? Why would you trust your bank? Why would you trust anybody you do business with? I don't trust my bank. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I trust is something that's earned, you know, um, when we're when we're when we're letting people out for um, murder in three to five years, but somebody's in jail for not hurting anyone, not stealing anybody's stuff, no coercion, no theft, no fraud, nothing, just a substance. That seems a little backwards. Well, again, yeah, repeat offenders—they get out, they have a felony. 
but this they is can't a common get a job, man. That these people are simply being arrested for like Ray Ray had a baggie in the back of his car. That's it's not, not what's happening. Not true. All you have to do is look at criminal justice statistics to see this is true or spend any time in the system like I have. Ray Ray's in jail because he has this issue with meth where he makes a bunch of money working as a mule. And then when the cops actually bust Ray Ray for the fifth time, he does the whole song and dance on camera about, oh, it's just a bag of this and the cops planted it and everybody plays this game. But it's not true. The reality is, is that most of the people in jail should be in jail and quite frankly, aren't being charged enough because they have half the things that they've been doing and the stuff they did get caught for got pled down. Why do we have the most incarcerated country in the world, but yet it's not stopping crime? It's not about stopping crime. It's about punishing injustice and keeping other people from being victimized. The idea isn't so to we create keep creating crime these crime. laws. We keep creating these laws. Politicians create laws, which creates criminals. Now, all of a sudden, you're not allowed to do this. So you're a criminal. Now you're not allowed to smoke menthol cigarettes. So now we're going to throw you in jail for that. What are they going to make vaping illegal next? They're going to make, you know, I would you say one define thing. what a law is first. And I, that's look at San Francisco. You guys are acting like just because someone breaks a law that they're immoral. Look at San Francisco there, and tell me, is, is that city possible? better because they no longer enforce the rules or, or worse? I don't know about San Francisco. It is a hell creating a law. I don't want to touch that one. <laughs> it is a hellhole because Democrats have made almost all crime that isn't violent basically legal. Yeah, they're allowed to steal things for $1,000 or less. It's ridiculous. And they're allowed to shoot up on the street, and the cops don't enforce it. They take craps on the sidewalk. Yep. They assault and are aggressive with people. They break yep. into their cars and commit all kinds of things that you admitted were crimes. So true. And yet the entire city is now a crimes. violent hellhole that nobody wants to live in, and nobody's enforcing anything. This is what happens in a permissive, non-enforced environment. Well, you should enforce, either whether it's private or public, you know, because we're not going to get there overnight. So what you would Actual say is, is something like San Francisco could be solved if we had more aggressive policing. You simply don't want it to be the government that does it. You know, the free market ends up taking care of itself. It's actually one of the states where it's you're not allowed to have a gun either. Right. So, you know, if you look at the free market, it will take care of itself. And I hate to say that, but like if everybody's scary and I'm a Texan, so it, most of my family and friends and all that have five or six or seven guns. You break in their house, you're going down. I'm sorry, it's called trespassing. It's called the free market. They don't have the free market in California. They don't have the free market in Chicago. They don't have the free market in Detroit and a lot of these big cities. The free market is not allowed to operate because of crony government. This is my entire point. Come to Texas, break into someone's house, you kill them, you will not get in trouble. That is called trespassing. You don't have permission to be on my property. I have permission to shoot you. Okay? This is free market. They don't have that in California. Does uh, because of government. Have a Big government I, I has do, I do a point. rooted up. I mean, I do have a point. I mean, yeah, the, the you know, the appeal to capitalism is, you know, sure. I mean, you, you're kind of blurring the line between capitalism and the concepts of, of positive rights versus negative rights and whatever. You're kind of blurring a few lines there, but I mean. You know, ANCAP is a real thing. I, I know what ANCAPs are. I'm sorry that you're one of them, but that's fine. It's your, it's a free country. You can do that, man. It's a free so country. You, you, can do that. you want more, you want more government 
to fix government problems. Well, I mean, well, because and here's the here's that makes the, no sense. Well, here, no, yeah, here's the distinct difference between you, your, your, and my worldview. I don't believe that human beings exist in a vacuum. I don't believe that we're automatons. And I also understand that human nature is is what it is. So what you're trying to attempt to do is construct sort of an abstraction of a utopia and kind of and and propose it upon the impose that upon your your worldview and. and I guess at some point pose that upon your community and, and maybe that's your like 98% of people are good people. There's no, there is no statistical nor historical presence to, to, to undergird that statement. Yeah. I believe I, I, I choose to trust people and believe the best. Well, I choose world. to look at history and statistics and reality and, 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 and inform my decisions and my worldview and my policies. You can't defend my- yourself. You're relying on big brother blue, your, your cop friends. Well, this is no, no, no. Let's let's continue this. Like, like I said, like at the end of the day, because I was getting to a point here, what separates my worldview from yours is, first of all, I believe in the idea of a nation. That's that's a fundamental one. I believe in the idea of a collective of of a community. Because I understand, just like how you were, I'm going to assume you were born from a mother and a father. You weren't born out of out of some sort of a seed or some sort of a you know just a spontaneous situation in the woods. You were born out of two people coming in union and creating a third party. Um, so even on a biological level, we are we are intrinsically linked to each other. We are social beings. And so what and Scott was trying to articulate this earlier. And I'm going to re-articulate this again, which is we're not saying that we're we're not in the business of creating a utopia. What we are doing is we are looking to find different avenues and we and we believe in nuanced case-by-case scenarios here but different avenues to mitigate detrimental behaviors systems ideologies and ethos in our civilization that's what we are trying to do we're trying to mitigate the inevitable of human the human flaw and the human we're trying to do the exact same thing except oh. we use the free market to do it not sure government. sure and i think i think you know the reason why i think you you should kind of dissect your kind of uh part of this is abrasive your free market cope would be to look at what's happened with big tech the the oligarchic technocrats that pretty much run our country now and they're not government these are not government entities these are these are private businesses and they have single-handedly influenced the the, the political landscape of our country they've influenced the the standing administration they have they have wiped at least 50 percent of the american uh, population off of their social media platforms for having differing uh points of view they're actually working in tandem with other corporations and other institutions and other governments. twitter you're allowed to do that it's a it's a private so, so as long as as long as a private corporation you are fine with you are fine with oligarchical technocratic entities. i'm fine with you running your business however you want to run it if people don't actually, like it they don't have to shop there so this is not okay, but yeah. So you're you're actually not really because because I, I know Patrick. Google's Patrick, in bed with government. They me, have been from the very beginning. I, mean, I know Patrick's not an anarchist because I've spoken to Patrick at, at length. But like at least with Patrick's uh, iteration of libertarianism, he's trying to actually work within the framework of the real world and trying to find solutions to 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 push something that's a better a better policy, prescription, or methodology for the community. But you're just kind of saying like wild wild west, whatever happens. You're literally saying that okay, it's fine if oligarchical, technocratic, basically self created empires. Using using your 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 hyper um uh, satiation. No, the border's reference. only been around since eighteen nineteen, bro. Say again. So that's like just over a hundred years. We've had actual borders. Well, I'm it talking was about, ratified I'm talking about, in eighteen. I'm talking about the twenty nine. You're, hasn't you're, been very long, man. You're, you're bouncing from one place to another, man. I'm talking about the the tech, the the, the big tech. We're, let's stay on one topic. So the big tech. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So big tech is subjugating American citizens. For using their first amendment speech and you're and you're completely fine that they're actually working in tandem with corporations other institutions politicians to subjugate and target american citizens and because it's the most free markets you're which okay ones are doing this google twitter alphabet. youtube alphabet yeah. the list okay goes who owns them huh who owns them 
What do you mean who owns them, man? Who owns them? Corp. Alphabet Corp. Um, okay. I mean, so if you owned your own business, would you would you be able to my, if my, run your business if the my, way no, you see my, fit? Or would if you? My corp, if my corporation is targeting Americans, is engaging in widespread political persecution, my corporation should be held to account, period. You don't have to use Facebook. You don't have to use Twitter. You don't have to use They're Google. a monopoly, man. They're a monopoly. You have to. You don't understand what a monopoly is. But this is the inherent <laughs> problem I've always misunderstood about libertarians is that you guys seem to have this position that the individual is the most valuable. Well, well how are you going to stop Google? You, you well. You I mean, bust them. Trust bust them. You dismantle them. You this treat, is not. We you have treat precedent them a, for that as well. You treat them as a treasonous. You want government to dismantle you, Google. They're, yes. They are partners I'm fine with like that. this. Absolutely. But that's the problem. That's the problem. That's the problem. You're that's talking problem. about crony capitalism and you're seeing Google runs government servers. Government's not going to shut Google down. Man. It's not a question of what they want to do. Yeah. The question is the principle. As, exactly. a, as an anarchist, especially, I'm I would not a crony capitalist type of person. Having government yeah. intertwined entities. This is, this is like, I want Elon Musk to buy Twitter. I'm sorry? Yes. I want Elon Musk to buy Twitter. Cool. Awesome. Well, I, well, we'll see if that's and if, he, and if Elon Musk decides to use censorship, that's on him. Quit using Twitter. Well, so <laughs> why are you getting so worked up over Google? Square, and it is what determines the future of government in America and it is the de facto communication and news network. Is that not a dangerous precedent? Is that not crony capitalism at its worst? It's completely crony. But what are you going to do about it? Well, I would imagine that a person who believes that that sort of thing shouldn't exist would want it. We're going to regulate our nation because we believe in regulations, not abstractions. Shouldn't exist and existing are two different things. See, this is the problem but I always run into with yeah. libertarians. You guys are so caught up in your principle yeah. that you forget reality. Okay. You're, you're, you're discussing abstractions. We now, have, we, know have, we now have the largest, most intrusive federal government of all time. Would you not agree? I would agree. I would agree. So what, is, so what, is what went wrong? Because they joined with the corporations and control everything. They control media. They control new media, which is the internet and social media. They have their hooks in the in, in every apparatus that you can imagine, including and let's be quite like let's education, be quite frank about the, the entertainment. Let's be quite frank about the flavor of the government we're talking about. It's not this is the government that we are literally living under is fundamentally hostile to the concept. It's actually fundamentally hostile to the concept of a nation. It's fundamentally hostile to the concept of America. It's fundamentally hostile to the concept of Christianity. It's fundamentally hostile to the, to the, to the idea that America or the Western world at all has a lineage worth preserving. So it's not just like some, why is it the bigger? The, the, the reason why we're here, because the people that rule over us fundamentally hate the, the concept of the civilization of which they embarked upon. That's why. I mean, so it's yeah, not the system some, that we, we live in put that person in power. Man, you're just, you're just, dude. You're, you're just spinning your wheels, man. You're just saying abstraction after abstraction after abstraction. Well, what I would yeah, ask, all you're doing right now is stating the problem. I'd, I'd love to hear Patrick. Actually, yeah, does Patrick I think, have I think a, he might get a more. Uh, apparently, y'all don't want to hear me, so that's okay. <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> Patrick would just start yelling like everybody Patrick's else. Patrick's being too Patrick. No, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do that because I, I want to be a civil person. You all just want to yell at each other. I'm, I'm not. I'm not here for that. That's not true. Okay, I'm not well, here for an hour and a half of bickering and yelling at people. But I wanted to do that. I turn on Fox News and watch. <laughs> We're better than that. We're better than the Fox News. We look better than Fox News. Hey, Patrick. It's I hope you. so. My God. Well, let's go for it, buddy. Let's go for it. Well, first off, I mean, Travis and I have different views of libertarianism. Uh, Travis and I both know that. And I'm probably I'm probably more of a more on the minarchist side. 
Absolutely. But there's a reason why I'm with the Libertarian Party. The Republican Party does not understand. You can say what you want about the founding fathers, but they did believe in the idea of separation of church and state. And the Republican Party sure does not should not believe did not believe that for a long time. Define what you mean by that. Define your terms by that statement. Well, you know, I I believe that, hey, you know, what? I'm Christian. I am Christian. Hey, you know, I, I have I have a, I, nobody has a right to force anybody's beliefs upon others. That's yeah. that's my full belief. Yeah, but you said the founding. You said explicitly. No, I want I want to get to, I want to get to the, to the bottom. I believe the founding fathers were deists, but and, and, and I thank you for saying that. Um, some of them were Christian, but I believe fundamentally they were more deists than Christian. Sure, but yeah, but uh, you said they believed in the separation of church and state. I want you to specifically outline what you mean by that. What do you mean when they say? When you say that the founders believed in the separation of church and state? What do you mean by that ex- explicitly, deliberately? Um, a lot of it, a lot of it is the attack is a lot of the, a lot of the, um, attacks towards, towards, towards marriage equalities, especially like, listen, I mean, no, 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 no. I'm saying what the founders believed because I, I, I can tell you what the, the founders believed that the government could not impose will upon the church. That's what you're discussing. Cool. You're t- yes. So, so what you're, what the founders never, as a matter of fact, the founders believed in harsh punishment for things like adultery, homosexuality, sodomy, et cetera. The founders never believed that you should not enforce religiosity or religious philosophy through your government, like that your religion should not compel your government. There's been many, many papers written by the founders explicitly saying verbatim that the constitution would not work without a moral and religious people. If you look at the wall builders organization, they have plenty of historical documents demonstrating that the founding fathers and the initial judges and magistrates and everybody who decided the laws and put everything together often had religious, um, you know, they had the Ten Commandments everywhere. They had quotes of scripture yep. and all of these sorts of things. These were the founding premises by which most of our laws were written. So when people yeah, say it was written on hemp paper and they probably all smoked weed, too, perhaps they did. Perhaps they didn't. But that doesn't change I mean, the fact that they were. How do you know they didn't smoke they weed and, and drink a lot of alcohol? I never made that contention. And one thing I would certainly agree with is that history actually shows they drank quite a bit. Yeah, I have no flawed. issue with yeah, it. They're <laughs> if anything, oh, they were quite a bit yeah. rougher men than the men we often and, see. And, and all day, you, I, you're, you're, I know you're all capitalists. I know you love, love the Constitution. I mean, as you should. I mean, it's what our country's founded <laughs> on. So I'm not cutting you off, Patrick, but um, my point is No, it's okay, I'm used to it. (laughs) Let him finish, let him finish. Coming back to you. My point (laughs) is actually that if limited government, and and if you read a lot of what they said, if limited government is such a great thing, and they, they, that is what they were forming a new form of government that could be overturned by the people if needed, then no government is better, right? No, no, that's that you're completely missing. You, you're, you're completely missing the, the I've entire. Seen, I've seen Mad Max and all of the sequels. It doesn't sound no, good so no, yeah, you're, it, just yeah, because once again, and I have to reiterate this again, and this is this is actually informed by the theological underpinnings of the philosophy of me and Scott. We don't believe in utopias, but just because something isn't perfect doesn't mean you strive to maintain it. Like that's the difference. That's the that is a fundamental underpinning of our worldview. We know that they, we will never bring utopia upon Earth. However, that doesn't mean you don't try to to maintain a healthy moral civilization. It doesn't mean that you try to essentially fight against <laughs> So yeah, rape happens, murder happens, abortion happens. Like just, just degeneracy on, on, on various iterations occurs. 
Does that mean that we just throw our hands up in the air and say, oh, I guess, you know, evil is around us and sin is all around us. So I guess we just got to live with it. No, it's like, no, you mitigate it. And, you know, and I, I, I've heard people throughout this conversation say that they are Christian. If you are Christian and the Christian faith, various denominations explicitly tells you, commands you as a Christian to go forth and to combat. I, I believe there's no king but Christ, period. And Christ so, is not. So, Patrick. Yeah, I, I want to get back to Patrick, yeah, yeah. actually. I, do, I really, Patrick, if you could get to you, please, man. Because we, yeah, you got derailed. No, it's it's okay. It's okay. And like I said, like I said, I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, the biggest thing I, I would like to see is, um, you know, and and I, re- I realize that we're not all going to be able to come together, liberals, libertarians, conservatives on every single issue. I realize that. But I think I think what we need to learn to do is, you know, we, we, can, we need to learn to keep it more civil. And I'm telling you, man, we, 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 we just uh, and, uh, and I'm not saying you all haven't been civil and you all have. But I, I see it so much. And it's just like I'm right because I know I'm right. And you need to stop taking people just take that attitude. And it goes at the end of the day, at the end of the day, my, at the end of the day, you know what? It's their philosophies. These are these are different philosophies on how things how how things should be done. Well, I think you know that's that's the question, right? Is ultimately how do these two philosophies converge in a way that's productive for the entire uh, populace, right? So we're looking at something like criminal justice reform. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you guys would say, at least Travis specifically stated that there's an over incarceration problem. I would contend I believe. More- be in jail, especially people who usually are getting away with crimes that they're not even being indicted for or being pled off of. Um, I think the violent crime is wildly. Um, and unfortunately, I've had to see that on the enforcement side as well. So given those two very diametrically opposed positions, where can we meet in the middle on criminal justice reform to actually do something productive? Like assuming we had control of the levers of power on this issue, where can we actually meet in a way that's going to be productive for the nation? That's my question going forward towards mm. the it's a good question, and and I, I think I think you, we, um, we we there there needs there needs to be some kind of way. You know what I mean? Like I said, if if somebody's guilty of a crime, guilty of a crime, and they have evidence and everything, and and everything's done, everything's done a fair way. Absolutely, all for it. You know, but it, there needs to be some kind of way that if you if that you won't be you won't be you won't be fiscally bankrupted if you're charged with a crime and you're wind up being innocent and you're you're fighting years and years and years just to get just to get back on your feet agreed yeah agreed when it comes to law and the way it costs i think it's absolutely absurd and atrocious um i do have one question i think travis because he mentioned the nap earlier maybe he would be the guy to ask but you feel free to chime in patrick i'm not really targeting one or the other um where does the nap stand in your view on the death penalty I'm against the death penalty. Okay. Travis? That's consistent. That's consistent. So for you guys, there is no crime that warrants death. It's not eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Um, We can't play God. So what would be the appropriate punishment for a person convicted and found guilty of murder or rape? I think we need to look at how the Quakers, how the Quakers treated prison. Um, the Quake, the Quakers were against the death penalty as well, but, um, there were, there were, it, it's, it, I don't have, we don't have enough time for me to delve completely into, into, well, into, into the, quick and dirty. Yeah. 
But you know, um, it's it's hard. It's I think it's harsher punishment for somebody who has actually committed an actual crime. I think it's harsher punishment for them to to sit in a cage for the rest of their life and think about it than to kill them. So you would advocate life in prison for a convicted murderer? Yes. Yeah. Who runs the prison? <laughs> Same people that run them now, just privatized. Hmm. So, I mean, and this is an interesting question. I remember listening to Stephen Mullen, you mentioned this, where he went on this really long and actually quite impressive um, projection, I guess you would call it, or like an idea. His plan were if there were no law enforcement and he had these, he had like an acronym for them. I forget what it was, but it was like <laughs> agencies, something like that. And the idea was, is it was all based on free market and like basically rating systems. It was like, Hey, you know, this, uh, this, this local enforcement group is pretty good. They, they don't shake you down and murder your wife. Let's give them four stars and right. keep using them. And then if like a thuggy agency comes around, kind of like the Yakuza trying to pretend to be law enforcement, you know, you drove them out of town with pitchforks or whatever. Yeah. Um, my, my problem with his whole perspective on this is not that I don't agree with the premise. I think theoretically something like that could work, except that we have lots of historical premise for it not working. <laughs> also, I it. Yeah, I mean, right now we're voting for people to tell us what to do and how to live our lives. They're flawed human beings. And I said at the very beginning, we don't want imperfect people telling you who you can marry, what you can consume, what you can buy, what you can sell. Um, we've There's companies all across this country that hire private security companies to protect their property that um, some of them have. Some of them are actually strapped with guns and they have uh, every right to be there. They're protecting private property. Well, as a person who used to train those individuals, they're largely gargoyles. Like, they yeah, have, I know. They have a lot of recourse if they actually use that gun, they're more than likely going to end up in a lawsuit and get just destroyed. It's most of them are doing it for show because they know if they actually do pull it, they're probably going to get in trouble. So well, you see, would have to a problem with that. I mean, private security is a real thing. You know, I, I run into yeah. it all the time with my job. So I mean. The idea of a private prison is not all that crazy. Just like you could go to a private. I'm not opposed to it. I've seen a store in another state. Yeah. I've know, seen for-profit can... prisons work. The The problem is I think they actually tried to abolish for-profit prisons largely because they wanted more prisons to be under federal control. Um, I yeah. actually agree with the libertarian position on this. I do believe that individuals can handle these prisons. I just want to know definitively who. Who can we trust with the murderers and the rapists and the arsonists, right? Well, there, there's obviously maybe you could go to school for it, uh, you know, just like you go to school for anything else. You can go to school for defense or, or for prison guard training or it's the same same thing that the police go through now. You police, academy. police academy. Um, I mean, go to school for a year for it, you know, um, and if you don't do a good job, you get fired, you know, so. No, this is where I actually agree with Travis, um, because actually wow. having gone through, yes, because having gone through an academy and also being on the private side where I taught people hand to hand combat from like Navy SEALs through JSOC and SOCOM and that sort of thing. Let me tell you, when it comes to the government way of training, like SCAT training, um, arrest and control techniques and other options that they give you in the actual academies that are run by the counties and the states and the municipalities, it is absolute garbage. It is atrocious. It is 
lazy. It is poorly conceived. It is outdated. And by and large, they're teaching these officers stuff that's going to get them killed. And they know they can't use it a lot of the time because it's so preposterous. We were talking like pressure point techniques from the 80s that nobody's ever used on a living person. I mean, they still they're operating under old paradigms. And then they're giving them crap that like bolos, like electric bolos you shoot out of a gun. It ties around the suspect's legs. They're supposed to knock them over, wasting a bunch of money on crap like that that they'll never use because they can't. I mean, it's preposterous. And the stuff that we used to teach them privately was far, far superior and useful and backed by data and actual demonstrable uh, techniques that you could use in the real world. So I actually agree with the libertarian perspective on this. I do think that privatized um, prisons, privatized law enforcement may actually be a superior option. What I wanted to get, though, out of Travis and Patrick was to kind of get them to just say, like, you know, like, who who are they? Like, is there a certification process? Because one of the things I've noticed about libertarianism is you guys are real anti-certification, too. Is that correct? Well, I am. I'm, I, if I can speak, um, I'm not anti-certification, I'm anti-government certification. OK, now, it's like, like, I'll give you an example. I went to culinary school. What we used to do for health inspections is there were groups of us that were certified by the chefs who taught in the school and they certified a group of three of us and we went and did inspections. So stuff like that, you're certified by a professional or maybe it's maybe it's a retired, a retired police officer, a retired chef or a retired profession. You understand the profession. You understand the rules. You understand all, all everything that's within this. And you and you and you go that route. OK, no, I agree. I agree with Patrick. We're not anti certification. We're anti occupational licensing. Asking ah. government permission to make money. Okay. Braid hair. You got to go 2,000 hours to get a government permission slip right. to go cut hair, to go braid Why hair. Why can't I go to see Travis, who's a licensed barber already, and he could teach me how to be a barber. I can apprentice under him, and then I could go open my own barber shop. Okay. Yeah. Occupational licensing yeah. gets in the way of the free market, and it gets in the way of your ability to make money. If you're really good at something, you can't legally cut hair without a government permission slip. That's not okay. That that's about as crony as it gets. Sure. So it's occupational licensing that we're opposed to. Getting a certification on your own is a great thing, and we could certify, you know, uh, police or, or or prison guards just as I can train a far superior hair. police force than the government currently can. I can I would put myself up for that if they want. I would trust those people. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and I, I said in my opening about the law enforcement question that I'm open to any sort of, you know, discussion or, you know, uh, play the joints when it comes to like the minutia of like local federal law enforcement, which which would include this discussion. I mean, I don't really don't care, honestly, when it comes to federal versus like private as long as it's efficient honestly i i I'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not as concerned about the mechanisms of these things because these mechanisms mean quite frankly shit if the culture that is that is that is promulgating them is nonsense and i think that's the 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 the, the major issue because we, we i keep hearing this echo throughout the conversation about capitalism 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 is an is an amoral system it has no morality whatsoever so if if a moral institution or collective is promulgating capitalism then it'll probably turn out bad or probably turn out good if an immoral 
institution or collective is promulgating capitalism, it will turn out bad. So I think that's the, the major conversation here. And this is the fundamental difference between the between the conservative and the libertarian, more especially when you go into more social conservative, Christian conservative, <laughs> socially liberal, um, you know, center left libertarian, is that we we are trying to address the moral impetuses and the moral catalysts in our culture because you know there's this this continuous emphasis on I, I'm okay with it if it's private, but I'm not okay if it's uh, government. They're all people. The same, the same beings that are comp- that are compelling the business that you that you are revering are the same beings that are in government. There is no difference. It's human beings. These are all human structures. The conversation isn't about the mechanisms themselves. Now we can talk about checks and balances, where I think we would all agree about, about checks and balances. Um, you know, respecting due process when it comes to federal relations with states, et cetera, state autonomy, you know, yada, 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 you know, trying to follow the constitutional process, of course. But once again, the the fundamental reality that we have to understand is hierarchies are inevitable. Human beings will create hierarchies. We will create government powers. We will we create we will create authority. You cannot escape the the inevitable hierarchical structuring of human systems. It's just not going to happen. So. I think, and you're seeing it happen now. You're seeing this happen on both the left and the right politically. You're seeing the left and the right openly acknowledge, I think for the better at this point, because now the, the playing field's clear, that it's no longer a conversation of you know, minimizing the, the, the governmental reach or some sort of you know um, um, appeal to some abstraction of the Constitution. It's about who's going to wield the power and who's going to push our country in what direction. That's what's happening. That's why you're seeing yeah. a backlash with the pro-life movement and a backlash with the, the fight against CRT indoctrination, LGBTQ indoctrination. In our- <laughs> At the end of the day, we under people are being forced to understand that human beings are going to human being. We're going to do this. This is, this is, you can't, you can't, you can't rationalize your way out of this. This is going to happen. So the conversation, so the conversation really needs to be about what morals and cultural ethics and standards and, and, and parameters are we going to set as a civilization from which to embark and promulgate functioning, um, beneficial mechanisms and infrastructures. Okay. I see Zach. Can I say something? Sure. Yes, please. I see. I, I I have full respect for where you're coming from, and and I agree. People are going to people. Human are going to human. Um, what I'm gathering on the conservative side, though, is that if you're a Bible believing Christian and, and you're a you're a saved human being, that that libertarianism doesn't work. I'm not a Christian conservative. I am a Christian libertarian that puts value in individualism and trust people enough to make their own decisions and allow people the freedom to make bad decisions. This is the difference between a Christian conservative and a Christian libertarian, because I am a Christian. Um, Even though I'm covered in tattoos, that doesn't matter. But some conservatives would look down on that and judge me and tell me I'm going to hell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So my, my point is, you know, my point, my point is basically this. Um, there is a place for Christian libertarians that are opposed to government and believe that there is no king but Christ that's allowed to tell you and guide you in your moral efforts and your moral ability to make a decision. I don't want anybody else telling me anything else, period. That's, that's why I'm a libertarian Christian because God 
is the only, the only person that I need to answer to, period. I don't need to answer to somebody that's going to be in office for four years that um, is going to tell me how to live my life better than I know how to live my own life and better than you know how to live your own life. That is the big fundamental difference. Um, both Patrick and I are believers, um, but we're not conservatives. And um, that's, that's, I don't know where I'm going with that. I just wanted to get that off my chest. It's a good okay. summation. I mean, sure. we're kind of getting to that point in the show, yeah, right, Z? Pretty much. Yeah. I'm trying to, Scott. <laughs> so anyway, I, I think this was a good conversation. I found it interesting as a, a, a complete onlooker. Uh, sometimes it got heated and spicy, and I like it spicy. So I liked it, but I didn't want to get too spicy because then folks start yelling and testosterone and y'all know how y'all sausage holders are. So we want to thank uh, Patrick and Travis for being here one more time. Just kind of plug your your Twitter accounts and all of that jazz and what you do so people can know where to find you. Uh, Travis. Oh, OK. Um, well, we're with the Libertarian Party of Wake County. Um, I'm the chair. Patrick is the vice chair. And um we are the third largest political party in the country, and we are the only party that trusts you to make your own decisions. And we will defend all of your freedoms all of the time, even when it's unpopular, even when it's inconvenient. We will put you first. That's how we feel. And what's your Twitter handle? Uh, mine is Groove for NC. That's G R O O F O R N C, or just Wake LP. Mm-hmm. And Patrick. Um, and I just want to say that, uh, particularly North Carolina, North Carolina actually, while California has more libertarians total, North Carolina has more libertarians per square mile. Mm-hmm. So. We're not we're not comparing apples to apples, essentially, because much bigger state. But if you if you do it by the square mileage, there are more libertarians in North Carolina than there are in California, but not by the total state population. Word. And uh, that's where you can follow uh, Patrick on Twitter. Make sure you uh, it would be Bower Socks, not Brower Socks. Uh, Zinga can't spell. Um, so take <laughs> out that extra, the extra. <laughs> <laughs> my bad uh but thanks you guys oh it's thanks all good I've, I've had it put you so much over the years it's, it's just it's funny yeah. so, actually a lady told me i never get a job at my job because of the name that i had i guess it was too black but it's <laughs> not made up i promise um anyway thank you guys for coming we'll talk to you later hopefully you saying thank you for the the great debate too man i oh, yeah. really I, appreciate it I thanks it, for man. having us on. i'd like to add before they leave Absolutely. it seems like we actually agree more than we disagree it's just the things that we do disagree on it is principle based and so it's i completely agree Absolutely. we probably yep. have way more that we agree on than we disagree it's just a few fundamentals on how to get there sure um, and this is no why reason there's no reason to get hung up on a few differences because we're not all that different uh, we're not different at all actually this is why i think when you're facing a an enemy or a threat the way i view it like neo-marxism or the left or the the, the government that is you've repeatedly stipulated this giant federal machine that the earth has never seen before hey man like if the hedgehogs are are going to be pals with you like 
set the agreement the disagreement <laughs> aside for a while because frankly you need as many allies as you can um it's run you, arm in arm man it's and here's the other thing this is, this is what i love about the right wing this is what i love about the right wing we actually disagree on stuff seriously vehemently and openly the left circles the wagons the left the right fights it out yeah. and i think that's important i think yeah. it's okay to fight as long as it doesn't get dirty i agree and as long as it's not about deceit and destruction I think fighting it out is the way the forefathers did it, and it's a way that I'm comfortable doing it now. Absolutely. Yeah, it was so, fun. Fighting and then hugging at the end and high-fiving, and we're good. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here. Patrick, do you have anything final to add before we uh, let you guys go? I uh, just want you know the reason why the libertarians picked the porcupine is it's one of the only animals that can defend itself without fighting. Okay. It's a hedgehog. You don't know. It's a porcupine. Don't mess with the porcupine because you get the quills. Don't tread on me is another way to put it. Right on. Thank you. We'll go get a red red oak later. Don't tread on anyone. Okay. Have a good one. Take care, gentlemen. Have a good one. All right. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. Any words? Any any thoughts and prayers they're good good guys um you know they're good guys you know they're they're good human beings um i always i I can't help get past some of the glaring contradictions sometimes but i think that fundamentally like we do agree on like a lot of the well i mean i I, stuff like if you're instance he was talking about you know the issue with um you know crony capitalism but then he looks at something like twitter seeing what it is knowing exactly what's going on how they're being used to control the government and like control people and that sort of thing and he's just like whatever you don't need to be on twitter it's like you can't do that you can't be like principled to the point to where I you ignore reality. I think it's this basic, really. <laughs> like they're good human beings. They've been psyoped like everyone else. Their civilization. <laughs> no, it's true. It's so true. They've been psyoped. They're you know they've been psyoped to liberalism because they're you know they're, they're generation X, millennial, that kind of whatever. It's fine. And we're already seeing the America First Christian Conservative Revolution is it's occurring. It's already here. You're seeing across the country pro uh, pro life anti abortion legislation. You're seeing the rejection of LGBTQ. So for me, it's kind of like I'm vibing, and it's great to have those conversations with those guys. But like, um, you know, American nationalism is inevitable. America First is inevitable, and Crisis King. And yeah, so libertarians are awesome. I hope you guys, you know. Realize that you're wrong and come, come, come this way, buddy. It's really better over here. It's so much better. And I just, I just feel like, given how severe things are in the Republic and in the Western world in general, um, I understand the libertarian ethos. I understand their approach. I understand the the, the "don't tread on me" mentality that he finished with. But I think that it's really important that we take a more offensive posture. Absolutely. Or I think there's going to be no republic to argue about. Absolutely. I mean, it's like it's all well and good that you have these principled intentions that they have to just you know like leave me alone, I'll leave you alone, and you can snort heroin off yeah. of your hooker's back or whatever. Yeah. But frankly, like unless you enforce some kind of morality, unless you actually have a society that is homogenous, at least in its ideology, if not in its color or creeds, yeah. then you're you're not going to have a nation and this idea of like open borders is utterly preposterous there's no historical precedent for it no. it can't exist in the real world no. we're not trying to create utopia as you you know aptly pointed out yeah. we're creating a civil enough society that the church can live in it that people are moral enough that they're not just out offing each other and raping each other in the street and justifying it on some pretense yeah that we're creating something like heaven we're acknowledging human being we're acknowledging human nature and trying to adjust for human flaws we're we're trying to be christ-like we're not trying to make heaven come down to earth right we can't do that it's already happening so you know to the liberals and libertarians sorry guys we're winning, so like you know, like it's cool. I you love know, you guys. What was funny to me was the the, per, the permissiveness. Is like right. I have this morality, and and as Christians, we are supposed to 
we're supposed to spread that morality. We're supposed to spread the gospel. I was trying to respect your law, like about like, don't speak over. But the very end, he's like, I'm a Christian libertarian. I'm like, you have completely just mischaracterized the entire like point of Christianity, the entire like scripture. That's what I'm saying. God tells us to love the individual. Like, no, God says submit to my will. All right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, what but like, God about? also says, like, God does say bring heaven to earth, but he also knows that it's not going to be a utopia. But that bring heaven to earth is what I think Hussein hit on it, which is we we try to make yeah. the most civil, moral society as possible. And for Christians, first of all, to be pro LGBTQ doesn't make any sense. And then but to also say, I'm just going to skip some of the commandments God has I given the people was, of God. I noticed that that was avoided. And I think I know I think that was intentional. Well, I, think, I, I avoided think. it because I wasn't supposed to be saying anything. Well, I think I think if we had gotten into, like, say, the trans issue or LGBTQ, it would have been a dead stop. It I mean, it I would, know we went over this before the show even started. The it would have been, been, been based in red. But it would have loved it. Yeah, it would have been. It would have just <laughs> it would have been a bloodbath back and forth. Because it's a completely <laughs> it's, a, it's it's just a wall. And I think that's one of the big fundamental differences between libertarians and conservatives, yeah. especially as he was pointing out like oh these people would be judgy of me because i have tattoos no they're going to be judgy because you're openly defying leviticus and a bunch of other portions of scripture like yeah. the whole sexual thing is not okay in the bible that's no. why it's been a universal contentious issue yes. so it, it it's like and also too like on a, on a side note like if a bunch of older like old, let, let's have some reverence for like the old, older generations yes mm. like where people having like sleeves tattoos is a relatively new phenomenon so like an older church going person is like like put off yeah that's called because you're not normal this is a, this is a new like they were like, all sailors too like, like I grew person up, drunk criminals. sailors yeah, yeah, I, grew up, I grew up in the punk rock scene i'm a fucking weirdo i understand this so like i don't like if you're you weir- said it I no, really say. if you're a weirdo you just acknowledge that you're a weirdo like it's like oh i dress differently or i have to it's like yeah because that's not the norm man like acknowledge you're not the norm like just acknowledge you're not the norm god it's like such a spoiled stupid generation and society we live in but anyway I think it's I think anyway. it's really I think it's a good discussion to have though, a because, because a lot of, I like them because a lot of people a lot of people see the big tent right and they hear about it and they do the, the whole turning point thing and it's just like all oh, these people are here and they're talking about stuff and they just get talking points. We're going to shrink that tent. Shrink <laughs> that tent. <laughs> but it's good to know why they call it that because we are opening up the horizons here quite a bit and we're letting in folks that would normally be very contentious. Well, I mean I, and I, I mean it's like very like very deliberately and very literally like there's a there is a very very real America first American Christian movement occurring in this country. It's happening. And I'm down for libertarians to vote to be voting members. But like, I'm going to, I'm going to fight tooth and nail to make sure that this movement keeps going. I'm not going to make compromises. And I think that's, we need to talk to the other side, like talk across the aisle, but we need to not, we need to make sure that like the momentum that we, that we have built and that we are building across the country that's happening. We don't slow down for anybody, for anybody. So like, I think that's what it comes down. It's like, you know, Get get on the train or just like just just seethe and cope in the corner while we're just you know taking back the culture. I don't know. Um, I'm unfortunately I have to agree. It's we do need to take a more offensive posture, and I think that um, the libertarian position doesn't change much since I was a kid. No, it's exactly the same. I mean, it's points. it's it's very much again. It's just like it's like he said, you know, with their mascot. It's like it just curls up into a spot yeah. and you can't I, touch I, it. I really thought there was gonna be something. like uh, the only thing that was kind of <laughs> no. the, the only thing that was. The only the only upgrade, the only two point they got was like they actually admitted that like abortion was murder. That was it. That, and, they, yeah. and they have to because like yeah. which I did not expect. I didn't either. I, I did, did not, not expect that. I did not. So you know, so. again, more more agreement. Than but then it was like you know, don't hurt anyone. And if you hurt, like the next conversation was, if you hurt anyone, that should be punished. But then the They're the so previous ridiculous. conversation was, but we can't criminalize if you hurt someone. 
we, the, you know, if we if we criminalize all these people, all these doctors that are committing abortions of the women, then we're gonna have uh, so many people in jail. And I was like, like, like that's like so. called collateral damage. If you want to sacrifice your baby to the altar of Satan and convenience, then I don't care what happens to you. Quite I frankly. don't know why it's like it's bad for for it to be like a, a like a dirty abortion. Like you want to make sure that there's like a, a, enough bleach wipes so that you know no one gets an infection. But then it's like, is but, it worse to have dirty abortions, a few dirty abortions, or like millions of clean abortions? Clearly in Zingle, you want a clean genocide, well, right? I, I, guess clean you want, genocide. I guess you need the, the bleach wipes. Well, this is, this is like, <laughs> and, it, and it rolls into the prohibition argument too. So They'll ridiculous. say like, see how bad the prohibition was because we made something illegal, right? And so, it created crime, which I agree with. But what it also created was is that the federal government started regulating alcohol. You had to have a certain percentage, which was safe. You had to have certain types and classifications. Now, do I always oh, agree we also with got those NASCAR classifications? Do I always agree with those classifications? Yes, Not necessarily. Yeah. But the truth is, is that they do keep you from going blind if you yeah. drink out of the bottle. So it's one of those <laughs> things that it's kind of like, uh, I'm not entirely sure that having the government out of everything is the government is the, merely just it's another human mechanism and and it's not the boogeyman and that's why you you know he couldn't contend with when i broke down the fact the fact that trying to delineate small businesses or businesses in general from the government is nonsensical they're made of the same people human beings the same entities that right. run the government run small business right. it's human beings the same flaws bureaucracy sucks whether it's got a federal government so, title on it or if it's a private the question only matters is how who's gonna who's gonna fill the vacuum of power and how are we gonna run our country someone's that's gonna fill it that's yeah. literally yeah. it. it's either gonna be a bunch of nomads with like masks on their face like we're Tiger Dawn, or it's gonna be, you know, a bunch of dudes in suits like Joe Biden who are sleaze yeah. bags, or it's gonna be guys like us, you know, marching with like temple helmets and stuff. I mean, one way or another, it's like pick yeah. your poison, it's, as yeah. Jordan Peterson would say, pick your poison. Yeah. And I think you made a wonderful point several times actually, where you're saying hierarchies are gonna be there. Mm -hmm. There's no ignoring yeah, they that. couldn't they couldn't get with that. Order is gonna be there. You can't live in this world that you've constructed. And and this is why like I tend to agree more with like Ayn Rand objectivism than I do with like the modern libertarian party platform because she is pointing out what's wrong with collectivism and she's creating a response to it. Sure. She's creating a critique to it. I think she kind of goes off into the la la land of abstraction. A little well, bit, a like, little bit she does, but I think yeah. fundamentally she's on the right track. Whereas a lot of the libertarian folks I talk to, they're just Again, they're just kind of saying like, well, we're better than conservatives because we're not as pushy. And it's like, it's like, it's like be pushy. Things know, are yeah, crazy. Like, be pushy. He's like, he's like, you think people are stupid. I'm like, obviously they are. People are stupid. Are you are very stupid. What are you talking about? How I do don't you, trust people, people at all. Look people at every, willingly take those drugs that make look at like every this. look at every historical look at every historical atrocity ever committed in, in the human in human history. It's been people have just gone with it. Like, I'm a perfect, look at all of it. Look I'm at a perfect example because I'm guilty of like two of the things they used as examples. I was a religious smoker up until recently and then i quit because i fully knew the health risks yeah i just wanted to smoke that bad and then yeah. when it came to abortion like i said i'm i've been involved in it yeah. you know what you're doing yeah you you have to make this stuff if not necessarily criminal you have to make it so socially undesirable that people like me don't feel like they you can slip to, through the you cracks know what else? you have My, to stigmatize I, it and marginalize it yes exactly. i had a, i had a pastor that said um Either you're going to govern yourself or someone else is going to govern you because you, we can't allow you to just be a rabbit dog. Like you've got to put yep. the rabbit dog down or you need to control yourself and your behavior. 
Absolutely. So it's, it's like you have two choices in life, and those are the two. <laughs> and think, and the majority of Americans lack of, yeah, the majority of people in the Western world lack of internal monologues. So they're not sitting there having mm-hmm. these, these deep conversations with themselves. They just turn on YouTube or whatever preferred uh, preferred media propagandist uh, platform they watch, and then they just suck it like swill, and they just go outside and regurgitate what they see on the on the glowing screen. That's it. I mean, it's been that way for generations, quite frankly. Maybe this yep. maybe this is a great way to end the episode. Is uh, it seems to me with a little bit of aftermarket discussion here with after the debate and discussion is that the fundamental difference between the libertarians, at least these folks Mm -hmm. and us, the sort of evangelical conservative Christian types is we disagree on mechanisms, right? We both, we both agree that there's problems. We both agree in the types of problems. We both agree that things like abortion are wrong fundamentally, but we disagree on how to like deal with it essentially. And the reason we disagree is because we fundamentally hold ourselves accountable to a God. Right, the God of the universe and His morality. Libertarians fundamentally do not. No, no. Even though they're claiming to be Christians, it doesn't. Seem and I think that was just for. Sure. If I'm being honest, I think that was more. That was more political. Well, maybe, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna question not. a man's but, relation with God, but I'm just. I'm just saying. But based on, but based on what know. I know of the scriptures and what yeah. I've read and interpreted, that I think most Christians would tend to interpret as well, is that there's some things that they're either ignoring or sidelining or just skimming right over. I think it's a mixture of all those things. And so I think that that's the fundamental difference: is that if you go to a conservative conservative maybe phrase it this way you scratch a conservative you might find a little bit of christianity you scratch a libertarian you're going to start finding some leftism that's how i see true and secularism and hedonism and narcissism and right right and i think that while we can be allies in common cause when it comes to politics i mean um, we're we're, to a certain extent i'm not going to be like they're they're part of the american polity so they're they're you know they're citizens but like at the end of the day i'm just going to say like it's what like I'm an American nationalist. Like that's that is my agenda. I'm I'm promulgating American nationalism. I'm, pray, I'm promulgating an America first message. Promulgating a American Christian and nationalist message as well. And I'm not going to compromise that for anyone. And it's already growing. And I'm going to exacerbate that. And if libertarians and and quite frankly, if libertarians because they see it's happening, they see that, the, that this movement's occurring. They see that this is taking hold in the public imagination. If they have an issue with that, then 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 you are no longer my ally. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, I'll be nice to you, but I'm going to promulgate this 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 uh, agenda and this message because I want to see my country survive. It always yeah, it always seems to me like the libertarians are always going to be on the small side simply because what the left and the right want to do yeah. is they want to take the levers of power and yeah. they actually want to use them. And for the libertarians that are cool with me, just don't get in my way, man. Libertarians, just, <laughs> like, the, li- the libertarian just, approach is just far too pacifistic yeah. to ever exist just, in a real I'll world. I'll be nice, but like on a political level, just don't get in my way. Don't, don't do things that will hinder me from preserving my nation. That's somebody's somebody's going to fight you for the conch, period. Yeah. And the question is, is who do you want yeah. holding that thing? You know, yeah. God, God bless you guys. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Thank you guys. We appreciate you tuning in. And if you're listening to this right now, we're not bad mouth. I after am hours. the host yeah. of this dang show, darn it. <laughs> and you will let me host. Darling, sugar boo. Love you too, buddy. <laughs> disruption of gender roles right there, but I won't let you it will slide. let me talk let slide. <laughs> hold on let me go correct my wife yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, reassert, let's reassert some tradition right now in this, in this studio jeez louise uh, but thank you so much for hosting it babe I tried. I tried I, I started getting sleepy honestly um, oh really yes I did hmm. Thanks, thanks. But I stuck with it because mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm a trooper. That's how I roll. Uh, thank you, Hussein, for being here. Thank we you for love you. Me. Uh, you will 
hopefully be seeing more and more of Hussein on this show because just the the the, the because the conversation. I'm awesome and I'm attractive and I'm a genius and and I'm He's an single. artist. I'm the only person who talks more than me. He's also single. I am single, <laughs> but I'm also but I'm also I'm also I'm also I'm also being Christian and being like celibate. So like I'm not I'm not looking for thoughts. He's not trying to sex you. He wants to marry you. Yes, I'm looking. They got thoughts. I'm not looking for thoughts. I'm looking for a potential wife. No so. hoes. No hoes. No hoes. No hoes. I, no I am accepting. I am accepting resumes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so slide in his DMs. Oh, actually, slide in his DMs on. Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice plug. Baby. Yeah, please yes. do, please Wait, do. let's just get a good uh, look at him. There we go. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> at Hill <laughs> underscore Hussein, who spelled H U S S E I N. That's what throws me off every time I saw I searched you out. Yeet. So uh thank you to Patrick. Thank you to Travis. Obviously, there were some disagreements, but we actually really like them. And he <laughs> likes red oak, and I like red oak. So hopefully, we'll go get a red oak together and not talk about politics because we don't agree on, on those things. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you next week. We'll find out. Take care. Take care, guys.